0: Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47 Fox 30. Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting
1: live from the Anna Jar and Levine
0: studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. <laughs> oh
2: oh 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 sorry man. Sorry. I was uh I was a little dozed off there just thinking about that virginia texas tech game tonight can't wait to see that 80 point barn burner coming down the pipe we'll see but hey listen props to virginia props to texas tech those are our finals uh college basketball tourney uh you know participants so we'll see what happens we'll get into it a little later also we're going to talk about antonio brown a little bit uh i have some strong opinions on that gonna get, get into the orlando magic playoff yeah. bound. yeah much to Kuz's dismay, they're probably gonna be the seventh seed as opposed uh, to the eight seed. Right when well Brent had,
1: you know, sent us that text about potentially uh going down to see it, especially if it's the Sixers, I was pumped. And so I started looking at it. Uh I believe the Pistons and the Nets own the tiebreaker yes. between those teams, so I was like, Oh man, I really need the magic to like they gotta pull this one off, they gotta win out, and then I got a slight chance to potentially go down and see the Sixers magic matchup, although it looks like as at right now, the Nets are the sixth seed. So.
2: Sounds good. Brent, Brent Martino, welcome in, man. Not too much. Not too much. You haven't missed much. I actually fell asleep during the opening segment because I was thinking about the Virginia Texas Tech game. Tonight, oh, come so. on. Oh, yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah. You are one of those guys. You I don't am need one 85 of those guys. Points. You don't think these games have been hey. exciting? It was uh, <laughs> 63 to 62. That wasn't exciting. It was exciting.
2: And listen, I'm a fan of defense. I play on the defensive side of the ball in <laughs> football, okay? But when we're talking college hoops. I'm going to need to see some dunks. I'm going to need to see some scoring. Or if you want to play solid defense, let's go ahead and let's, let's grab some blocks. And let's get something going here because that game was miss shot after miss shot after miss shot. And I'm going to be honest. wasn't Coos fell asleep, he said.
1: Numerous I did. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> numerous times the, the announcer was like, it's been like – four minutes since we saw someone make a shot and i was just like oh gosh feels like an
0: attorney uh that's and that's by the way if you're an nba guy like kuz is yeah is. that's like everybody's big beef with college basketball it's like they don't score enough and they don't do this and they don't do that and you have 63 to 62 which basically you get in a half a basketball mm-hmm. in the nba so uh that's that is one of the beefs with it but I mean, the bottom line is you want drama at the end of the game. I mean, right. the NBA is the most useless thing to watch for the first 42 minutes of a game. I mean, it seriously <laughs> is. 44 minutes of a game. I mean, the NBA, you can be up 17 in the first quarter, and it doesn't matter. So, I i mean, it's all about the end. And you can talk styles and everything else. And by the way, we can talk about it in every sport. What did we do on Friday? We talked baseball, right? Mm-hmm. We said limit it to seven innings. Said it's too long. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. WrestleMania isn't too long? Oh don't, <laughs> oh, don't worry. Whoa, hey, too hey, we'll get into that. <laughs> wow. We'll get into that for sure. Uh, so, I don't disagree with <laughs> you there. I'm not even going to front. I don't but, disagree with but you. But it's all about the end, you know? So it doesn't yes. matter what happens. We can we can rant. We can rave the style. It was painful. It was this. It was that. It's all about the end. And what the NCAA tournament has delivered outside of the first round is the ends have been fantastic, and they've been controversial. And this one certainly was double dribble, foul. All the rest, mm-hmm. and I mean, so you ha- you have everything involved, and uh, in a way, it's good for the NCAA tournament because it's got people talking. It had people talking Saturday night, had people buzzing on Sunday, and it will have people buzzing a little bit today. Uh, and you do have like a Cinderella team as a three seed, so you've got a little bit of everything. And it, it is funny how we talk length of, e- you know, I, I asked last night. I said, "Hey, how was WrestleMania going?" Because I wasn't. Well, we watched a little bit here and there, and. A lot of responses, too long. And then I mm. watch a match, and it did drag out. It was mm. a Triple H match. It was like forever long, right? Oh,
2: well, especially with two 50-year-olds wrestling, yeah. too. It kind of even <laughs> seems longer than No, Honestly, I mean, they're,
0: they're up there in age. But that's what we talk about in every sport, as exciting as football is, and college football is. We talk about the length of games. We talk, how do you shrink it down? How do you eliminate plays? How do you have less commercial space? How can you get to three hours instead of three minutes, three hours and seven minutes? It's it's amazing how much we spend on time instead of just enjoying the product. And we've become the biggest critics because everybody's got a voice and social media has a big voice. And it's fun a lot of the times, but then we also get just caught up in it. And it's kind of like the same thing. We're all over the place here this week, but coming off this weekend, but think about baseball again baseball's boring right unwritten rules you're supposed to have fun why now people are mad that you threw uh, archer throws it behind dietrich for staring down a ball well wait a minute isn't that the fun of it that we get to see the benches clear there's an element of that that's fun right mm-hmm. the element of the aaf right where i said just let them fight let them fight yeah <laughs> i mean if we didn't have bench clearing brawls like the one thing replay has done is it's taken away the beauty of the argument from the manager the manager and the umpire confrontation So we have to be really careful to try to speed things up, make things more fun, but then lose the element that kind of made it interesting and fun to begin with and made it popular in sports. And I think that's kind of where we're teetering uh, in, in a lot of different sports right now. But obviously, NCAA tournament's big tonight. Double dribble, was it or not? absolutely it was yeah i mean did you see it in live action yes i did
2: you so, did you well, caught well, that oh no in live no, no, action. no no i saw the play happen i didn't see the, the double dribble live oh, okay, action okay. no 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 i, I didn't see that I happen say, in live action. <laughs> no no not at all so i thought i mean i thought it was a legit play i didn't know it was double dribble but also when the so i was at a bar watching a sports bar and when the shot went up i didn't see the foul so i thought like once you missed the shot the game was over because I saw the player's reaction. I shot the ball, and he kind of had his hands in his head, so it made it look like he lost the game. And I'm like, oh, Auburn won. Cool. I called it. And then all of a sudden, I see Bruce Pearl's reaction on the sidelines, and he's kind of – I think he's swearing a little bit, kind of taking off the tie. I'm like, what just happened? And then they called the foul. I'm like, oh, my God.
0: You, you are the greatest example to me of, of how, I, how I at least uh, present the argument here on Saturday night. Was it a double dribble? Yes, it was a double dribble. Was it a foul? Yes, it was a foul. But now let's go back in the situation. And this is what I talk about in replay a lot, too. But let's go back, and nobody until Gene Steratore told us knew it was double-dribble. Right? Exactly. Nobody mm-hmm. in live action, including the refs, obviously. So, in- Including and
2: the coaches, it seemed like, too. I didn't see nobody Pearl nobody going crazy. Yeah,
0: no one was complaining. And so in my view of that, that doesn't make it right, necessarily. I'm not saying it's right. It's just that it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they missed that. Like, I mean, they don't. Nobody calls travels anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody. I mean, so this is like, man, well, okay. And by the way, he got fouled on this at the same time. He did get fouled on that double dribble play. He is getting grabbed because they're trying to follow foul, and at the same time, he loses control of the ball. So really, if fair is fair, it should have been a foul call at the same time. It should have been a double dribble. So to me, like that one's like. Yeah, it was a double dribble. But you know how many things guys get away with in sports that should have been, would have been, could have been? And nobody jumped off the couch. And then you bring up the greatest illustration. We're watching actually in a hotel room because Ty's playing in a tournament. And it's just Ty and I at this time because the storms are going like crazy. And uh, actually to the point where we just saw the shot and many people in the bars in Orlando, in the Orlando area, with one and a half seconds, the rain fade came on DirecTV and Dish. Ooh. No. so most people in the bars thought Auburn had won of course you know? so did
1: that guy who poured beer on his
0: head and so even for us like we didn't know about the double dribble until I got on Twitter because it had the rain fade had gone like right after the ball game mm-hmm. and so that was when Steratore was sharing all the information but my point is we're in so we're in a hotel room we're, we're watching a game just Ty and I and shot goes up they lose and we hear the whistle and everything's stopping and Ty's like did that come from the crowd? Because you know sometimes how they can. It feels like it comes from the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. Why did the Why did they blow the whistle? Mm-hmm. And your point is right on. All those people in sports bars watching that game that did not have audio. Nobody jumped up and said, "My gosh, that was a foul! How did they nobody. miss it? How did they miss that call?" So the point is, the semantics and and also almost like the etiquette of it. It's like if you don't jump off the couch in that situation, I almost feel like. Why are you bailing out a team that's in desperation, right? The, the team that's in desperation that put themselves behind by two that has to get a shot off in a second and has to basically heave something up. And in this day and age where every offensive player that takes a three point shot tries to draw contact to the point where they go to the floor flopping or jump into a guy. I think I would have been perfectly fine if they didn't call it now again. After they show me the second replay, the third replay, you're right. It was a foul. He got him. He, it was bad. To you. He shouldn't do that. It's on him. They got the call right. But what I'm saying is we're not sitting here on Sunday and Monday and at the water cooler this morning and on this show this afternoon saying, man, they got robbed. I mean, Virginia got robbed. You know, we wouldn't have been doing that if they didn't call the foul. My issue,
2: you know, it can be called a ticky-tack kind of foul. And, and here's my point. Was it a foul? Yeah, I had to see the replay three times to see. Because the first time he shot the ball, I was looking at the hand. I'm like, well, the hand didn't get touched. So the second time, okay, maybe he jumped into his leg. Okay, it's a foul. But if you're that ref in that situation with two seconds left on the clock – Talk about some cojones to make that call. I know it. Because it didn't affect the shot
0: whatsoever. didn't seem to. Didn't now, some people it didn't. argue it did. No,
2: no, absolutely not. I don't think it affected the so shot. I, I think that was more of Kyle Guy putting on a little bit of a performance there. and maybe, you Like know, throwing all shooters that leg out. do now. But like all shooters do now. It's part of the game, and I'm not mad at that. But just from the ref's perspective, to make that call – and now let's give Kyle Guy some credit, too. <laughs> he, he had to
0: go to the free throw line and sink three free throws. Absolutely. Let's talk Ice about water that. i his veins. Let's talk about that. Who's the bigger star this weekend, Billy Ray Cyrus or Gene Steratore <laughs> or Kyle Guy? He was just itching to A, play this song, Z, by the way. I can't wait. I think this is, we're going to play this, like, about four different times. <laughs> I can't wait. And I can't wait to get your thoughts on it.
2: Oh, I have thoughts for
3: sure. I kind of like um, it, of course. I mean, to me,
0: like, listen, when Kyle Guy hit that first shot—
2: the game was over because he looked calm composed I and mean, he's an 89% free throw shooter. I thought there might have been a chance. He still might have been a little nervous and whatnot but he looked composed, man. He just
0: drained those three. It was impressive. Let's talk about that situation yeah. more about the game and what happens tonight. Uh, nobody talking about Texas Tech and I kind of like the role they certainly <laughs> have at least through the NCAA tournament. More to come on ESPN 690. Your thoughts on the game. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. 9901 Give us a call.
1: Sports bras
0: riding down Rodale in my Maserati sports car. God knows I've been through all that. Antonio Brown, Juju going at it. Whatever happened to what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Seems like there's a breach of player contract, I would say. We'll get to that a little bit later on. We have to do the recap from WrestleMania. Not really... As much about the event as I want to see if Gary Bardage and Austin Lane predicted anything right. Forget about a lot,
2: just anything. <laughs> I'm going to lie, for the first two hours, it was looking like your March Madness bracket, for real.
0: <laughs> it was bad, real which bad. I've officially finished last, and like this might have been yep. my worst bracket I've ever had. Like Really the worst one. I'm happy. And be. I've had some good ones over the years, not going to lie. Magic Whiteboard already talking on a Monday. What's happening? Just saying
2: congratulations to Becky Lynch. I'll get into that yeah. one in a little bit. Yes, you will.
0: Um, Yeah. Had to wait till after midnight to see it. Yep, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) Final four. Of course, the controversy continues. Florida State spring game uh, was a success, and uh, Marcel Robinson was there. We're going to get into that in just a moment. In fact, Marcel Robinson joins us. Shades on us all. It looks like uh, new shades.
3: Uh, New to the show, but not new to the collection. Very good. First time appearance. How many shades do you have in the collection?
0: Nine. Okay. Nine, any reason why? He One for every day didn't and want to buy a tent. you like nine?
3: Or uh, no, actually, I counted before I came up here because I figured when you saw that these were new, you were going to ask me how many pairs of shades had. So
0: he. He knows me too well. That's a guy that does his homework right there. Yes, sir. Well
3: prepared. I like to think that my uh, shades collection is much like my socks out of this world.
2: Ah, very good. Well, have you seen the socks? I have okay. a lot of them. He's
3: got some Not, good socks. No, like, but I mean, have you
2: seen these socks right now that he's wearing today? No, which ones? They're literally out of this world. Ah, NASA. NASA. Very good. Yep.
0: That's pretty cool. I like the sock game. The sock game's better than the shades inside. <laughs> the oh. shades inside I don't get. Socks you got to wear. You don't have to wear
3: socks inside. Well, you know, actually,
0: I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to. But uh, I get it. And I kind of like it. I feel like I'm a little late in the game for socks. Like uh, to, to start messing around. Like I'd be playing catch up. But I don't yeah. like to play catch up. Not that I need to be a trendsetter. But you need to kind of blend in at the right time. True. Well, I'm way behind on the sock thing. So especially, I can't get in now. Well, we especially with
2: socks now too though. I mean there's some pretty, you know, eloquent ones out there you can get for like 20 bucks a pair. I mean, that's the thing, socks are expensive these days.
3: They can be, but yeah. you got to find them at the right time in the right place. I, I usually catch those kind of those deals where you get about, you know, 5 for 20 one time out of the year Not or, bad. or 2 for 10 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, certainly
0: the ones you wear most of the time, Marcel, look like they're getting rid of them. Whoa, so <laughs> Oh. That's uh, probably pretty good pricing. They're
2: coming in hot on a Monday.
0: Uh, I respect it. Uh, by the way, Old Town Road there. Yeah. Let's get right to it. Can uh, we hit it again, please? What is... Can't get enough of it. Where's the cool factor? I, can. I, I mean, Kuz uh, even tweeted out my text. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm Coo's, serious. Coo's like excited. Is... This thing is being talked about, and it really got going last week, like Thursday or Friday? Yes. And everybody's talking about this song. Yeah. And so why is everybody talking about it, and are people making fun of it, or do they actually like it? You want, you want me to take it, or you want to take it? I'm just debating which one out it's of you three you. are
1: cool enough to tell me the truth. He made this song original. Without anybody, like a last, like last year, right, correct, and they told him that it wasn't a country song, so it couldn't be on the country charts. So then he went and got this guy, Billy Ray, and now it's considered a country song and number one on the charts. You know what's
0: funny is I played this for my wife today, yeah, and she hadn't heard it, and she's when he when Billy Ray Cyrus jumps in, she's like, is that Brett Myers? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was funny. You, you want to talk about style, though? Did you see the video of Billy Ray Cyrus singing this? Like, I in did. The studio? I didn't see the video. I mean, you want to talk about style. The dude looks like he's going to Coachella. He's, he's got, like, the, the, the Arby's hat on. and He's got, like, you know, some, some interesting shirts and whatnot. So Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, the voice of, you know, the new generation of the millennials, so,
0: man. So, so Ku's yeah. kind of touched on it a little but, bit. But I think, like, it's one of those songs. See, I'm not a critic guy mm-hmm. I, I like uh, like i'm not i wouldn't kill that song i'd be like yeah that's fine whatever uh it's like two minutes long by the way is it even qualify as a song it's like literally two minutes and seconds i think it's like 220
2: whatever it is but yeah it does qualify as a song
0: is there a time limit on a
3: qualifying
0: that's I a, a good question. Probably
3: is. I feel like there has to
0: be. Because that's, it does seem on the shorter side. And I know there have been two and a half minute songs and plenty of but them. But there's also like six minute songs
2: that qualify as songs. I mean, that Big can go on, on the radio yeah. too. Like Queen. You know, Queen yeah. of Bohemian Rhapsody is one yeah. of the biggest songs
0: ever. And, and it's Stairway over to six Heaven minutes. is like the longest song of all time. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. Or it feels like it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> the, so my point is it's one of those deals where, okay, I'm all right with it. But a lot of people I see on social media saying, you know, like I'm making fun of it the first five times. Yeah. And then when I hear it for like a 10th time or 12th time, I kind of like that's it. how I knew it was so. going to be
1: big was when I was out at the bars Saturday night and it came on and everyone like went wild. I was like, OK, OK, <laughs> well, yeah. I get it now.
2: And that's kind of the power of social media, because when he released this song last year, he used like a Red Dead Redemption to like the video game, you know, uh, he used like that video game in his music video. So it's just basically uh, like okay. cartoons and whatnot and he just put it on youtube and whatever spotify and things like that well it caught wildfire so it spread like you know like crazy and then people started to say well he used red dead redemption there's cowboys and this is a country song because it has those kind of country sounds a little bit and so talks that, about horses exactly so then he <laughs> and was wrangler on his booty <laughs> so people were trying to push for him to be on the country charts and i guess was it Billboard, I think it was like, I think it was that, billboard yeah, that, that runs, said no. Right? They said no. So then as a, as an fu to country music, because especially to be honest, Brent, these days with like Florida Georgia line and whatnot. I mean, you Listen, can kind of carry
0: underwood played a song last night on ACM awards. That I was like, this is not a country song. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not a country song. Yeah, and I so the blinds are blurred. I understand. So like, like if this, I would say that song
2: came out ten years ago. Yeah, it's not a country song. But now can, anybody
0: can do absolutely. country. Everybody's so, doing country. So
2: Lil Nas X and like who said required the services of Billy Ray Cyrus, who's mm-hmm. you know a famous country guy. They they made the the remix to it. And now there's no denying that it's a country track. So. Right,
0: I feel caught up. I, yeah. but so are we in on this thing or what? Is it are we gonna get made fun <laughs> of if we play this song, or are we cool? Like we want to be trendy, we so, want to be hip, we want to be I cool. I think
2: with like my well, no offense to your age group, Brent, because we're the
0: same no, age. No, I'm not cool. That's why you guys are on the show. <laughs> Coolness is still
1: questionable. I think. we <laughs> – my I girlfriend tells me I'm a, the, I'm a loser all the time. I so. well, fell to asleep like, in the
0: semifinal of the national championship, uh, the final four. To so. be fair, I was Ooh. at the beach all day. I had been drinking. <laughs> it didn't help. Doesn't matter. You lose a little bit of your cool card. I think this
2: is big to, like, kids are, I say kids, adults our age, especially like the younger college, right. crowd as It's well. getting the Mo
1: Bamba treatment. Yeah. But I, I'm just a huge
2: fan of it because it's saying the big F to country music. Because let's be honest, I mean, it's happened for years where it's hard to put songs in different genres and whatnot. I mean, you, friend, this you appreciate this. Back in the late 80s, Jethro Tull won metal album of the year over Metallica. So it like, isn't something new. It's not like artists have always been getting screwed over it's it's
0: been going on since the seventies, eighties. Yeah. So I'm, I get it. The battles yeah. happen, the battles. But it yeah. was creative. I like the idea. Yeah. Uh, and and see, you know, one thing I do like, uh, and I, I think they do this now on all sorts of genres. But I know back uh, when you actually would watch like CMT, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the TV, the music mm-hmm. stuff, they would put the shows together was crossroads. You oh, know, I remember like, that. Yeah, and it was good stuff. It was like you take someone from the pop world or someone mm-hmm. from whatever R and B or, you know, and this feels like that to me. So I actually kind of like when they blend. I think my the two genres together.
1: Favorite video with this song was Stephen A. when he was cheering for the Cowboys. Yeah, and then he came comes with the in. Or was he? Was the Saints? Yeah, had. I was the Saints. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah. All
0: right, I do have a rule on this show not to talk too much music. So that's about it right now. Let's get back about. to the final
3: four. Uh, <laughs> I think that might bleed over into pop culture a little bit. So I think yeah, yeah, it. a little bit. I think so too. I mean, <laughs> I think Kuz
0: Kuz is going to see how many times. What's the over under and how many times he plays? Is oh, it more 10. than the points in the Virginia Texas Tech game? <laughs>
1: really I almost I didn't because I didn't want to deal with the the NBA haters. But there was a point where. I forget the score, but it was it was real low. And I was like, you would get this in one quarter from both teams. Yeah. And well the
0: over under tonight is it started I think at one twenty one. And I would have taken the under. Well everybody's mm. taking the under. It's one seventeen and a half. Somebody just tweeted me. Dang. So
1: You know what I've noticed though? Like even with the the Patriots this year, everyone's like, these teams are so offensive then this is almost opposite, but these teams are so offensive it's gonna be your you know it's gonna be a they're gonna air it out. It's gonna yeah, it's be a 48 firefight. Forty-eight to forty-one. Yeah, and then true. it isn't. So maybe with this, it'll be the opposite. Yeah,
0: I just think people like to complain. Uh, I'm excited about the yeah. game tonight. I'm excited because there's two teams that haven't won. I always like that in sports. If my team's not in it, you know, if somebody I don't have a rooting interest is is in it, one because of a bracket or because of something else, then I I like the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Not. Speaking of music, um, we don't have to go to who gets on the block here. But I do like the uh, – I like that. I like the fact I – mean, listen, we've talked about Tony Bennett now, and I've probably said it so much that he probably isn't as nice of a guy as I claim he is. But it feels good. Like mm-hmm. he, feels, he feels like something good in college basketball to me and, and Virginia. And, you know, the story about Kyle Guy, have you read the stuff about anxiety and everything yeah. he went through in the New York Post? If you didn't read that, it's pretty sensational considering the fact that he just in that – Setting delivered a three pointer with eight seconds to go, and then hit those three free throws. I don't care if you're a ninety eight percent free throw shooter in that spot to hit those three free throws. To me, that's what sports is all about. Forget about the score, the controversy, everything else. We we unfortunately don't get to celebrate that enough. I mean, that is a that's a that's Adam Vinatieri coming through in the snow. That's Adam Vinatieri coming through in the in the Super Bowl a couple of times. That's what that was. I mean, it's hard to duplicate what that was. That's bases loaded. Ninth inning, World Series, two outs, and the reliever getting it done or the hitter getting it done. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kyle Guy in that spot, I I said on Twitter, I don't know what the odds you would have put that at uh, of him making all three. But I bet if I had given you three, two, one, or none that he would make, or just say anybody, not him, so to speak, anybody in that situation, I don't think three would have won. I don't think zero would have won, mm-hmm. but okay. I think it would have been one or
3: two. Would have been two for me.
2: Probably would have been two as well. If it was me shooting, I definitely would have puked. Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no way. <laughs> you know how much that's it's insane. It is, and, and, and I get it. Like we've talked about it before, where you shoot thousands and thousands of free throws, so you're just it's like you know it's like secondary to you. But still, I mean, in that's like in that arena playing where the Minnesota Vikings play yeah. that big spectacle.
0: Oh man, it's By the way, the I pressure. thought they were out of the domes. I had said last week, I thought they were moving it to the NBA, the target set. I, but it is no, at the it's, it's at US, playing, Bank.
2: Yeah, U.S. Bank.
0: And, and once we saw them down on the floor like that, I was it like, well, oh, that sense. had to be. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were getting out of the big domed stadiums and, and football stadiums. and Well, I guess they're not. Not as long as they're going to sell enough tickets. What I can't help but notice is the
2: narrative that's being written with this championship game tonight. Where it's like, it's two teams that have kind of been underdogs the whole year. And I look at Virginia... They're the number one seed. Yeah, they're one of the best teams in the they're country the last five seed years. they were
0: last year. yeah.
2: I, I'm not sure where this underdog thing is coming from. I get the fact that their style of play, it's not attractive, it's not sexy, but
0: they're still a fantastic team. Is it underdog or redemption? Redemption based on last year to go from one of the worst things that ever could happen in an NCAA tournament. See, I think once they
2: got to
0: the final four, it was redemption and we're good, yeah, but, yeah. but now it's
2: like no one expected us to be here, so it's an underdog. Yeah. But then with Texas Tech, they truly are an underdog. This yeah. is a team that was projected to finish seventh in preseason in their conference. Finish seventh.
0: It's the most It's the most Cinderella three seed I've ever seen. Yeah. And I know I'm not going back. Somebody mentioned like Syracuse to me. They have Jim Beheim and Carmelo Anthony that year. I covered yeah. that Syracuse <laughs> team. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, maybe they didn't expect them to win if they were even a three. I, I forget, but that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is way more Cinderella than It is. Texas Tech? Only one person
2: from the top 100 in the recruiting class is on that team. Only one from the top 100.
0: It's amazing. We're going to talk more about it, though, a little bit more. A little bit more about the controversy. Maybe get into the officiating. And I want to get your thoughts on the semantics of this thing. Where do you fall? Uh, And also, why this is a great game for the NCAA. We will get into that, but we've got Florida State football next from the spring game in Tallahassee. That's coming up. Oh, no, you just (laughs) nailed me, Hunter! I mean, come on! First one off the board! You almost need a little video of that, which we do have on Twitter. <laughs> I was going to say, that could be a drop. Can we, uh, can we get an explanation, please? Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> Bowls pitcher Hunter Barco, probably going to be selected in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. We had him in on Action Sports Chats primetime last night. So we did talk to the little ball, and uh, he's, uh, he's signed with Florida. So if he doesn't get drafted where he wants to, gets enough money, all those kind of things, then he'll go play college baseball in Florida. Well, After we did that, we also had a little wiffle ball game out in the driveway uh, or parking lot, and we played a little ping pong and darts, and guy could do the Rubik's Cube. Really? I mean, why do all these people get this much talent? Rubik's Cube and throwing 90-plus left-handed? Rubik's Cube's pretty impressive. Dang. I mean, like, Stewart can do— I can get one side of a Rubik's Cube. Stewart can do the uh, Rubik's Cube— I mean you can't throw a fastball ninety miles an hour. I mean, you can get like fourteen hundred on his SATs, but I don't want that. I want the fastball. <laughs> like I could care less about fourteen hundred on the SATs. I want the fastball lefty throwing ninety plus. So I'd probably side with him on that one though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I think everybody would. Uh, but anyway, so on set we then you know, we have these fat heads down there of myself, uh, Dan Hicken, and Stuart. Sorry, Marcel, you got saved on this one, which is probably beneficial in this uh story. I would but these first. were from years ago okay. that we had these fat heads. Like actually my buddy came to my house and he saw it and he actually put it up like on my in my living room, like on the wall. So for the last couple of months it's been on the wall. Nice. So anybody who comes over probably just thinks I like like myself that much. Yeah, yeah. And so I just decided that I keep it there just for that purpose. <laughs> but uh-huh. um but anyway, so we had those, we, we taped them to the uh, anchor desk. And we got about thirty-five feet away with wiffle balls, and we had to hit one. Well, we missed the first try, each of us, and then Barco just nailed me right in the face. Dang. I mean, you heard the pop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, play it again. Listen how hard this thing is. If you got it again, Coos.
2: Oh no! You just nailed me, Hunter. <laughs> I mean, like come on! Ball. First That's one crazy. off the
0: board. Wow. <laughs> so he didn't actually hit me physically, but yeah, yeah. It <laughs> sounded like, like he did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we were having some fun uh, last like night on Action Sports Jacks Primetime, Time. You catch it Saturdays and Sundays, 10:30 on Fox 30, 11:30 on CBS 47. That's on our uh, YouTube and Facebook and everywhere else, so you can go check it out. But uh, he's actually, you know, part of the reason you have fun with these guys. He legitimately could be like in the big leagues in a few years. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got that kind of stuff. They've been talking about him since he was in the eighth, ninth grade. So as long as he stays healthy and and yeah, stays on track. He's a really, really good player, and and I think worst case, you'll see him at Florida for the next few years and be uh, really good there. You just showed me something, and then we're going to get to Florida State. Oh, Mm jeez, Yeah. The bare-knuckle... Wrestling? No. Fighting, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bare knuckle boxing. Boxing. Yeah. Uh, so you remember... Isn't that something like you'd see down like uh, in some garage that you're probably not supposed to do this? Yeah, like un- so unsanctioned? It actually... It just got
2: <laughs> like sanctioned a couple of years ago. You can only do it in like three or four states. Like Montana, Mississippi, and uh, there's two other ones, I think. But um, yeah, if you remember last week, I forgot what segment it was, but I talked about Artem Lobov, one of Connor's friends... Got into it with uh, Paulie Malinagi at the bare knuckle boxing thing. Well, that was for that event. And the picture that I showed you was between Ar- Artem Lobov and he fought uh, Travis Knight, who are both former UFC fighters. Um, bare knuckle boxing basically is what it sounds like. You don't wear any gloves. You can wrap your hands like one time through, but besides that, it's straight, uh, it's straight just knuckles and blood and blood. Well, so here's the thing. So when you were talking about knuckles and, and boxing, the reason why people wear gloves especially in mma is because it reduces the cuts You don't have any leather protecting your hands it's cuts all day and you have to keep in mind where guys bare knuckle box you don't throw a punch as hard as you can because if you miss you like you hit someone's forehead or their skull you're gonna break your hand so there's actually a completely different way of boxing in, in this sport uh As you've seen the pictures, they can be considered pretty bloody and pretty gory. I mean, basically
0: they look like they're out of Rocky. Although we have seen like a Greg Haugen, mini Pazienza fight look like that. Nice name drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this looked like out of Rocky. It works, really. I mean, it's uh, it's nasty. So I ask you this. Violent football game you played. Mm -hmm. MMA, Mm -hmm. which can be pretty nasty. Oh, absolutely. And would you do this?
2: I've been asked to do it, actually for a pretty big promotion, and I turned it down just because, like I said, it's a, it's a completely different way of fighting. Um, if I was going to do it, it would take a while for, just for training and whatnot because, like I said, you have to learn how to punch differently in bare-knuckle boxing, and I just don't have the time to do it. Maybe eventually I'll do it, just to say I've done it, you know? It's <laughs> so, no crazy, it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. Yeah. So uh, so you've like, actually considered doing it. Uh, I mean, like I said, I was asked to do it. It didn't really cross my mind at the time because I had a fight coming up. But uh, I've been asked to do it.
0: Like, Do those guys make any money?
2: So those guys are like the like the, the main dudes from it. Uh, they didn't say the payouts. I'd imagine they probably made $10,000. Nope. Ugh. Maybe nope. 20000 I don't know. Well, I like God my you, face God too you much. that to fix
0: your face. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. You better have good insurance, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, hey, Florida State uh, in Tallahassee, I don't think they were fighting. They were just playing some football. Uh, probably fighting somewhere. But it was a weekend on college campus. Somebody was fighting. But – um Florida State, coming out of uh, the spring game, I think people feel pretty good about it, and and that's what you have to have. Again, uh, if if you you just tuned in to me, my thought on spring games, I think they are the most overrated thing that happens. They're like visits for the NFL players. (laughs) I think they're, to a point, unnecessary. I think we've seen some schools, and somebody did it this year, and I can't remember who, cancel their spring game because of injuries. I don't think it will impact them at all in the fall. That's my point. Hey, listen, it's always great to get out there under the lights. I'm not saying they're a bad thing. I just think because we starve for football, we put attention on spring games like it's a real deal impact on what might happen in the fall. I think it has very little to do with what will happen in the fall. I I genuinely believe that. But that being said, for a team like Florida State and a program like Florida State and Willie Taggart, it was an opportunity to showcase some things and, and try to get away from the misery of last season. And they, they moved a step further away from that with what happened on Saturday. Action Sports Shack's Marceau Robinson is here with us, but he also was in Tallahassee. And I want to share his report from Saturday night because it kind of sums up uh, what happened. He did this for Action Sports Shack's primetime. But get a listen from Tallahassee, what happened in the spring game and how everybody reacted after.
3: Year two under Willie Tiger will experience quite a bit of a facelift. New offensive coordinator Kendall Browles has been tasked with bringing the smoke back to the doke, and today was a clear display of that. We saw more tempo and explosive plays than we've seen in quite some time. For them to be able to go with that tempo and still execute some plays was was really good, and I think for me personally, it was just exciting to be be able to go fast. But for the most part, I saw, saw guys making um, plays that we know they're capable of making. and and it was good to see you. But there is one thing that will remain the same heading into the season. Willie Taggart's confidence in his quarterback, James Blackman. I feel like we're doing a lot a lot better. Um, coming in, we, I feel like we're a lot further this spring than we were last spring. Just being in here 15 practice with new coaching staff, I feel like we're doing a great job. We still got a lot of work to do as, long as we just keep coming, hitting the ground, running. We're going to be all right. On the tempo especially, being able to line up. One time I looked up at the um, shot clock when they was running, they played. They had, like... 25 seconds still on the clock. So just being able to line up and have the defense off balance. But James is put in the work, too. You know, I've seen James this this offseason watch more film than he's ever watched. Now, we know the quarterback is more oftentimes than not the most important position on the field, but he can't do it alone. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk about a familiar face that we've seen make a few plays that James Blackman is hoping to have a big year to help the Noles succeed. Here in Tallahassee at Doak Campbell Stadium, Marcel Robinson. Action Sports checks.
0: Well, I guess I could have edited that part out, huh? But uh, later in the show, you won't see that. But who you're talking about, we'll get to in a moment because Marcel Robinson is here with us in studio. What did the spring game mean for Florida State? We're going to get to it coming up. We're going to take a timeout, a uh, quick two minutes. When we come back, we'll talk about Florida State. What did it mean? How a one local receiver may really make some waves this fall for Florida State and can help and even an eye on the future, because Marcel Robinson had his eye on that, shades on it all on what could happen in Tallahassee, not just this year, but the years following with more help from a local guy, and this guy's a quarterback. So some Florida State talk coming off their spring game. And by the way, the Gators' spring game is Saturday in the Swamp, and Dan Mullins getting his Steve Spurrier on. More on that as well on ESPN 690. Action Sports Shacks rolls on. All right, final four, we have some NFL topics. Go to WrestleMania, scorecard, scoreboard, and uh, ballin' and fallin'. Stay in your lane. So much to get to. Gosh, I love Mondays. Mondays, we'll go a couple extra hours if you want.
1: Sure. Uh, or are you going to fall I got places state? to be. No, that's only after 10, past okay. my bedtime. All right.
0: Brett Martin Austin Lane Coos <laughs> is here. Action Sports Jacks Marcel Robinson here as well. He was in Tallahassee Saturday. You heard that report just moments ago. So let's ask you a little bit about it, Marcel. Uh, the takeaways, at least from the 30,000 foot view away from Tallahassee, offense looked good and fast and better understanding of Taggart's offense. Uh, DJ Matthews looks like, from Jacksonville. Looks like he's going to be a playmaker and an important cog on that team. Mm -hmm. I still think they're really good skill-wise. Their receivers are good. Their running backs are good. They didn't really kind of showcase their running backs as much the other day. It was more about throwing the football around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what we're going to tell from the offensive line even in a spring game. So I still think we have to reserve judgment for a long time to come. Right? Uh, What did I miss? And and were people right? Did, Did you catch the same thing as you were there in tally? I think that was probably the
3: the basic gist of it. I kind of feel the same way you feel when it comes to spring games is that it's 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 more of an event as opposed to the game uh just because in most cases, I don't think many coaches are gonna put like you know their whole offensive game plan and all their you know kinks out on display in the spring game, but it's good to see everybody get kind of get out there and run around because you get to see you know what kind of athletic talent you have. um I think the big thing was James Blackman looked good. I mean it's always hard to kind of judge because it's not super live. I mean there were a couple of times when uh, he had a couple of throws where I think that if it was against, you know, some D1 competition, like a live drill, he would have been sacked. Um, he actually admitted that a couple of times, too. But at the same time, it's good to see him make some throws. Didn't have many misses. Uh, they threw the ball downfield quite a bit, uh, which is good to see from James Blackman's hand. And I think that the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me probably from the offense is that is that? Well, a couple of one is that uh, he looks to be in control of of the huddle. And the team and everything. He doesn't look like everything's kind of, too, the moment's never too big for him. He's very confident. I mean, it, well, we've always heard that he's a very confident guy, but it shows more on the field now. Um, and also, it looks like they've they found some athletes. Um, like we talked about, DJ Matthews, they kind of moved him around and put him just about everywhere they could. They lined him up in some jet sweep options and the slob on the outside. And he made some big plays. Uh, Tamarian Terry looks like he's uh, going to come back and have a pretty good season, too. I think he had a buck fifty. $1.50. Receiving yeah, he's, he's a talented yeah. dude now. Uh, so I think I think offensively I think they're they're in pretty good shape.
0: No, oh, yeah, it's hard to tell with the uniform on. Any talk of Blackman putting on weight? I mean, because he has nah, he got look,
3: skinny as a rail, man. I mean, looks, he's he looks exactly the same. He even uh, with the pads and when he came in to do post interviews, he looks exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, he's light. He's a yeah, light yeah. at the QB spot, and you know, from trying to run the ball and
0: those kind of things. It'd be interesting to see just durability wise. But I don't feel like I, I get I, listen. I'm not in the trenches in Tallahassee uh, with with Florida State. I get it. Um, I just don't get the feeling like there's a – people were rooting for Blackman last year. They wanted him to play. I don't think there's a lot of concern with Blackman. Now, I think there's curiosity, always curiosity with the quarterback, but I don't think this is like, oh, man. Like I actually believe in the swamp in Gainesville. I think there's still this – not only curiosity, but to some concern. Okay, we finished really well last year; we were good. But if we're gonna take a next step, does Felipe Franks have it in him to take us that next step? See, I don't really think that's where Florida State is right now. Florida State's just trying to get back on the winning side. Expectations a little lower, right. so you don't ask that question about Blackman. Yeah. I think they think Blackman can probably handle things, and he's got the weapons. You can hand off to those two guys behind you. You can throw it to Terry and Matthews and all the Gavin, all these guys. <laughs> The only question is, can they block for him? And we'll find that out in September.
2: The biggest thing with him is is in terms of just staying healthy, because he isn't the biggest quarterback out there. But I'm reminded of a certain guy from Bryle's past and Robert Griffin III, who who really wasn't a big guy either. But the way that offense ran and everything, he was upright the whole time. Um, He stayed healthy for the most part, and obviously had a Heisman Trophy. I think, was the Heisman Trophy winning, or...? Did, did he win the Heisman Trophy? trophy win the,
0: yeah, he won. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a Heisman Trophy winning season as well. So Yeah, let me ask you. I, I said spring games. We said spring games. You played at Murray State. Yeah. I understand it's a little different than Florida. Four you're not going to get. Yeah, uh, but
2: I think we might have had like ten parents that are spring game yeah, that yeah. was
0: about it. I get it, I get <laughs> it. But I'm just talking about the mentality of a program. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you ever feel like you were getting anything, or was it more like school's out? Like, hey, yeah, fine, let's go, <laughs> and we're done for the summer. Well, which, by the way, in this state, is you're never done. Yeah, I mean, you're always training. But you get my point. It was kind of like, all right, a little release before we come back, and we really get after no, it. No, yeah, absolutely.
2: It's kind of like the. Culmination of doing winter conditioning and then having those you know two weeks of spring practice and whatnot. So there is definitely a feeling where, all right, school's going to be out when this thing is over. It helped as a as a young player, uh, especially like my freshman and sophomore year, just because I was I was starting, but. I was still kind of learning the game, you know, so like that was an opportunity for me to kind of show my growth from the off season to show that I'm ready to take more reps and everything like that. I'm ready to, you know, be the guy at Murray state because there were some questions whether I was going to keep on starting or they're going to bring somebody else in and take my spot. So while it's not full contact and whatnot, it's still an opportunity to show what you can do when I was a junior and senior and I kind of had my role already in place. Well, then I maybe got, 10 reps in spring ball, and that was it. Like I I literally just stood on the sidelines and watched other players and cheered them on. So I guess it kind of all depends where you fit in the system, where you fit and the depth chart. It helps the young guys get more reps. It helps the young guys kind of show how much they progress. But as far as like the season vets, the star players, you don't really get much out of it.
0: I kind of feel like, in a way, I I was trying to think as you were talking, I'm like, all right, what's the equivalent in the NFL to the spring game? And to me, is it preseason game number one? Or is it like preseason game number four, you know? And, and I don't think it's four because the starters do play in this. So I'm thinking from mm-hmm. an older upperclassman, guys that you know about going to play. I would say it's more like preseason game number one, where it really has zero impact. What happens in preseason game one has no impact on what happens in the season. I mean, heck, you could argue the entire preseason has no impact. But my point is, you play a little bit, you get a little feel for things, you get get a sweat going. And then it's a lot of the young guys that you're trying to find, kind of how you just described it. Like when you were younger, those reps were valuable. When you're a little older and you know what's going on, those first quarter reps in preseason game number one for the veterans – I don't know how valuable they are.
2: The only thing that I would argue and I would actually compare it to is a spring game being comparable in the NFL to like the family night that they have, Um, like the Jaguars have, or every team usually has that, like, you know, kind of like the big scrimmage. Yeah, the scrimmage. Because from that perspective, you aren't hitting the quarterback full speed. Okay, good point. You, You aren't playing full speed usually on the defensive line. Now, every team's different. I get that. But for the most part, your starters may get three series or four series but it's not 100%. In a hundred percent in a preseason game i don't think it's really a hundred percent either but you're still hitting full yeah, speed that's probably a better comp yeah, yeah I, I think yeah that's i would
3: say uh i was actually thinking the same thing it, it kind of goes back to the point we were talking about kind of what's the you know the big deal when it comes to the spring game because a lot of the spring game you, get, you bring the recruits in you bring the families in you bring the fans in bring all these guys back and it's really more kind of a uh kind of get the fan base excited type of thing you know get butts in seats, just let people see the field and, and just kind of get the players excited for football um, as opposed to, like you said, the preseason game, which, which still has a little bit of meaning because a lot of these guys that are going to play in preseason game one, uh, they might not be on this team in, you know, two, three weeks, but they are playing for something. Yeah, it's a chance to just turn the lights on, yeah.
0: essentially. And again, Florida will do it uh, Saturday. Marcel will be there as well. He's our spring game guy. <laughs> He's going all over the place, spring is- uh, uh, but doing a good job uh, with it as well. And uh, we'll, we'll get you caught up on the Gators as the week goes along. We'll visit with some folks in Gainesville, too, and we'll turn our attention uh, to the Florida Gators when it comes to the spring. May even have a, a little something on the show later today in the, in the last couple hours i did want to ask you about jeff sims sandalwood mm-hmm. kid who was our reality recruit during our friday night blitz you got to know him really well you were yeah. there he saw him again the thing i want to i know he's 2020 guy and so he'll be a senior at sandalwood he started to get a bunch of offers it was georgia and florida state he commits to florida state and i don't know from the again from the outside i wasn't there saturday i feel like he's a star there like they're embracing him like we have big expectations for this guy. I know that's the thing with every quarterback, but, like, he might be their guy, like, over the next few years.
3: Uh, yeah, it seems like it. I mean, he's out there signing autographs for kids and, uh, and adults, and I've never seen him do that before. But I think they're pretty excited in the shows. Yeah, good stuff.
0: If you want to stick around, we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic. If you got to take your shades and socks and go home, we appreciate you stopping by on your day <laughs> off. So Dang. Uh, thanks, Marcel Robinson. Was that a request or was that a threat? I think
3: i got to have to stick around.
0: I, whatever he wants to, I know I he likes to doing. talk hoops. I'm excited about the magic. Should we be? I can't believe I am. We're going to talk about it next on ESPN 690. Monday, having some fun. How was your weekend, everybody? We had a full weekend of sports. A lot to talk about here this week. And it's Masters Week. We will be in Augusta starting tomorrow. Weather does not look good tomorrow. Looks a little better the next couple of days. But I think they'll flirt with rain all week long in Augusta. A little piece of heaven on earth, if you like golf. (laughs) By the way, it's Disney of golf.
2: This is like your... WrestleMania. This is like the Super Bowl of golf.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, though I will say this, I am not like there are some people that like this is like the Holy Grail of Holy Grail, and they get so excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I really do enjoy going. It's really a cool thing. It's I don't even think you have to be a huge golf fan to go. Kind of like the Players Championship. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to like love golf to enjoy it. Well, I think you go to this piece of property and you feel the history and see the history and and all that kind of stuff. And you uh, you kind of get that sense. Now I understand there's not always there's there's some bad history <laughs> as well, you know, with in the, terms of yeah with Augusta and golf and and, okay. and, and in the South, but um, or questionable history at least as of. Uh, but now uh, th- what they've done, I think they are as progressive as anybody. I don't think they get as credit for it. I mean, they just had a women's tournament there on Saturday and they've got the drive chip and putt national championships as well. So the kids game, the women's game, and obviously the PGA tour and all the best players in the world trying to win a green jacket. So, uh, it's a cool place. We'll be there next few days. We'll tell you all about it. We'll talk about it. We won't talk much today about the masters because we'll be pretty heavy on it. Uh, the next few days, uh, to say the least. All right. Four o'clock on a Monday. looks like we've got some weather rolling in. You might want to try to Grab a cocktail quick on the back porch. Yeah. uh, Before the uh, storms come. Monday fun day. Oh. Monday happy hour horn is what it is.
2: I want to do a shot tequila right now.
0: Do it. It's right behind you. Vida. Vita de whoa, Don't <laughs> Hold him <them> out on <laughs> it. Mean, I'll mean, i do it. If you're going to hold
2: a gun to my head, I'll do it.
3: Don't make me do it. I didn't realize it was that kind of party. I'm glad I stayed. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's, kind of, that's probably kind of frowned upon.
1: Only I for like. me, apparently. Listen, Only well, the person I can do that. that touches the board is legally not allowed to drink. That's crazy, by the way. I'm, I don't know where I heard that or if it's if real, real, but that's, yeah, I'm that's what I'm basing everything on. Well, with.
2: it's not like Kuz Cares anyways. I'm sure he's still drinking back there, so oh, it's not a big wow. deal. I do have oh. some
1: water, yeah.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh.
0: Are you waiting for Marcel to deliver your line or?
2: No, what line?
0: A Happy, happy hour, hour Horn, horn line.
2: line. Oh, no, no, no. What? <laughs> Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Grab a drink, get a shot, to take your star Tinders. I completely <laughs> forgot about the line. Yeah, well, so Rick, get, that song get, is so you're distracting.
0: The, uh, you're, it's fantastic. You get no, caught great. up in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, better than Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, I forgot that I even had a line in Who needs Billy Ray Cyrus? Uh, I've literally
2: been doing the same line for the past, what, three months now? And, and you've kind of The song about just it.
0: threw me off, and I
2: forgot my line. Sorry.
0: Brett Martin, Austin Lane. Marcel Robinson hanging with us. I think it's a record He's he's hung with us. I don't know if that's because um we usually kick him out or he gets tired of us whatever one but he's hanging for a little nba talk how about the orlando magic i'm you know i'm a shade excited about it for them
3: i'm excited for him it's been been a long seven years i mean i'm I'm not like a diehard magic fan but the first nba game i went to was an orlando magic game uh when Shaq, of course broke one of his many backboards but i'm excited for him yeah
0: it's, it's a great arena yeah. Uh, they have some fun history, uh, from Penny Hardaway to Shaq yeah. and and beyond. Grant Hill, Grant Hill, um, Howard, may if you had the Dwight Howard, and Dwight was, Howard, he was pretty big. Yeah, I don't know, there. but I don't know where if the Dwight Howard stuff maybe you really had to live it to feel fun. But like Penny Hardaway and Shaq felt fun even from the outside, you know. Uh, but I get it. That's a good, that's yeah. a good call. Mm-hmm. And then I've said it so many times, they've been irrelevant. But see, in this state. We know what irrelevant is. I mean, the Jaguars have played that role and at times continue to play that role. They got the big bump two years ago. All other sports franchises in this state have seemingly played that role over the last decade or so, with the exception, and this is a conversation, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best sports organization in the state of Florida. They're the most successful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, that. That's, yeah.
2: I would agree
3: with that. I Absolutely.
0: Mean, it's unbelievable what they've been able – but by far, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, give me the timetable, right? I mean, whether it's a decade or 15 years or we'd have to go back and look up exactly what the Lightning have done. But, I mean, it is not even close. Well, if you do win-loss record, if you do championships, if you... Now, the Marlins do have a couple of titles in the last 25 years. I was going to say that
2: the Tampa Bay Rays, too, had some pretty successful playoff
0: runs. They did. They had a little stretch there, yeah, but, but but, I, but I mean, from, from winning Stanley Cups and whatnot, yes, it's the Lightning. I mean, they yep. just set a record for wins, the Lightning mm-hmm. did. But, and part of it is, it, it, and we don't talk about the Lightning a lot because it's hockey, mm-hmm. you know, but... We probably should talk about it more in terms of just statewide what they've been able to do, and and they don't get enough credit for what they've been able to do, and it's different. It's a different business model. It's all those things, but again, they have been very, very successful, and part of the reason they get put on the pedestal is because everybody else has flat-out sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, they have been brutal. This state is so bad in professional sports, for the most part, Mm -hmm. over the last decade that It's not hard to take that mantle. You know, I mean, coming in second place might be the Rays because they had a few winning seasons. (laughs) No, for sure. That that might be it. I think the Marlins would probably take second place this century because they do have a World Series title. Mm -hmm. And they've been brutal outside of that. Those couple of World Series runs. So and we know what they do attendance wise. Mm -hmm. But let's get back to the magic. It's cool for the magic. I think around here you have to kind of feel good for the magic unless you just don't like them because you can relate. I mean, the Jags have been so bad for so long, and then they go on that great run of 2017, and it was fun. And while this isn't that kind of run for the Magic, the Magic aren't about to go win a couple of series and go to the finals. They're, they're, it's not that. But it does kind of have an out-of-nowhere feel to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Magic were not anticipating this, and about the All-Star break, second half of the year, they really started to take off, and they might get a sixth seed. What do we figure out? The Heat have to win, the Magic have to win, yeah. and it could be a sixth seed for Orlando, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. That if, if everything works out the way it's supposed to in my perfect world, yeah. the, the Heat need to win, which I don't think is too hard of an ask because that's essentially Dwayne Wade's last game yeah. ever.
0: And that's a different story maybe for tomorrow mm-hmm. about that collapse with Miami and Dwayne Wade. We've got to spend some time on Dwayne Wade this week.
1: So we Let's need do it. We need them to win, and then I... I know the Hornets are right there, but I'm not sure if they're officially out. I'd have to check in on that. But if they're officially out, I assume they're not trying as hard against the Magic, so the Magic would have to win that game as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, it depends now, right? If you're the Magic, you can kind of say, okay, we feel like we match up better against A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. play that in your mind a little bit, and now they still need some help to get to
1: six. Honestly. Who would they rather face? Seven seed and face Toronto? No, I think you go up against the Sixers. Really? I really do because— You want to go that bad? Yeah. I don't know magic I've been to one. You look at you look at the Bucks, which I don't even think you'll get down to the eighth, but Bucks you don't want to go up against. No, you don't want to Raptors do that. I don't think you want to go up against them either. I don't think you necessarily want to go up against the Sixers either, but I think from a vulnerable standpoint, the Sixers have slipped a little bit. Uh Jimmy Butler's been dealing with some injury. Embiid's back's been bothering him, so he's been limping around a little bit. So I think you see that as they don't have the depth. They might be injured a little, uh, injured a little bit. They might be slipping. Teammate chemistry, who knows? We might have... An opportunity here if we come in hot to steal a few games.
0: Yeah, that's interesting take on it because I wouldn't think that from the out But I'm not. Listen, all three are better than you. That's why yeah. they're the one, two, and three right. seed. Yeah. So it, it, no, no matchup is great. By the way, I have well, I don't know about promise, but suggested this weekend <laughs> that if the Sixers and Magic play, we'll all go down and do the show from outside the arena or something, and that way, uh, uh, Kuz can maybe go see the Sixers and Magic game.
1: I'd be I'd be freaking need, out a little.
0: We need Scott to come in. I'm in. Help man. us out.
2: I'd be freaking out a little. <laughs> I'm I'm in. Oh wait, so Kuz is gonna go by himself? No, no, we'll all go. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I said we need Scott to Someone run the board. Scott's to the run board. this board. Yeah. Oh, see, i yeah. was thinking like it's not, not that big a deal, but I guess it is a big a deal. No, well,
0: no, I mean you think anybody can do that thing over there, but somebody's.
2: Yeah, you're right, but somebody's mm-hmm. Somebody got to do it. Somebody does have okay. to do it, yeah. Well,
0: do you, do you want my son to come in and
2: push some buttons or what?
1: <laughs> sure, bring him in. Oh, right, bring
0: him in, man. It's all good. <laughs> you will have a blast. All right, Marcel, you all right over there? Yeah, <laughs> okay, good. Gosh, thought we had to do the Heimlich or something. Ooh. Uh, all right, how do the NBA? What, what's got you going on the NBA playoffs? And round one can be boring, so what? You, what are you looking forward to?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's usually the way it goes. Round one is usually always typically boring. I mean, you got you will more than likely have more sweeps than not. Um, I don't know I, that whole Orlando Magic deal. I think I, I think if I was in, I might want to get the seventh seed and see Toronto. Like I like I think Philly is definitely in a, a very vulnerable state right now, but. I just think that playoffs are just a totally different animal, and everybody turns it on. And yeah,
0: don't you like the fact that Toronto's kind of choked in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, and that, that's my other thing. I feel like Toronto is uh, much like Houston, an eighty-two team, uh, game team, and and they just playoffs they, for whatever reason they just can't ever get it done. Like I, I would bank on that if I'm the Magic to maybe steal a cup, steal a game or two in Toronto, take care of business at home, and and at least you know put on a good showing. I got you. Well, hey, uh, stop in tomorrow. Talk
1: a little Dwayne Wade. I love the NBA Wizards. season as as, or I. this week. NBA season ends Wednesday. Wednesday is yep. the games we were just talking about. So I'd yeah. assume it's Wednesday.
0: Yeah. All right. So a trip on the line. I mean, you better be hoping for all. It's like a lottery for I you. I have
1: been. I'm like. I'm trying to speak it into his existence.
0: And and the other thing, can you get a credential through the driving Dish podcast, or am I going to have to put these credentials in?
1: I could try. I don't how know big how to time go. is this podcast? Let's find out. Ooh. I think we could. I don't know. That nope, would be interesting no. to find out <laughs> if I reach out to him. We by have ESPN in Orlando. I mean, they, gotta they got to help us out with s- some credentials or something, they right? They hooked sure. us up last year when we went for summer, or two years ago before the Summer League went away from Orlando. They hooked okay. us up down there.
3: I had a couple connections in the Magic Organization. I might be able to. Oh, ask oh. oh that's right. Oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's with right. The flex. How about that? What the flex?
0: A road trip may be coming. That'd be fun, actually. I, I've always been amazed at this market, but, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because lack of success. Well, we don't talk about the Magic, cover the Magic, do it. They're two hours away, an NBA team, Yeah, we never cover or talk about it. One well, of most the, of the time because they stink.
1: One yeah. of the best mascots in sports, in my opinion. Stuff? Stuff. That thing's weird.
0: Uh, that uh, went yeah. in a different direction. Bowling <laughs> <laughs> and falling, come on, come talk. next on
1: 690.
0: 90. Thanks for stopping by, Marcel. <laughs> Hey, welcome back on a Monday Action Sports Jacks, ESPN 690, Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane. We say goodbye to Marcel Robinson. Appreciate him stopping by on a day off. Coos is here, all excited about the potential Sixers and Magic. Iceman just had a uh, news conference uh, downtown. They will open up uh, against the Florida Everblades on Thursday and Saturday down in uh, South Florida. Southwest Florida, and then they will be home a week from Thursday, so the 18th and 19th for games three and four. Uh, first time ever in the postseason for the Jacksonville Iceman. So we'll have a little playoff hockey in Jacksonville. They really spread that out, too. Uh, Thursday, Saturday for the first couple of games, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, for the uh, next few. If necessary, so good luck to the Jacksonville
2: Iceman in the postseason. Did we send my application in for the guy that has to move the goal
0: between the intermissions? Yeah, that's a good call. We haven't. I don't. I haven't yet, but off to check, if anybody uh, has,
2: um, preferably not the Thursday game, but the next game after that. Friday. Because, yeah, I'm going to
0: see the new Avengers movie Thursday, opening night. Well, like this Thursday. Yes. Okay, but they're going to be down floor, down south. Oh. They're on the road anyway. Okay. So then when are they coming back? Uh, the next Thursday. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, let's just do it then.
0: Yeah, so the if, 18th. If we do. Okay. 18th. Your taxes will be done by then. The mm, Avengers movie we'll will be watched. <laughs> I mean, everything will be in the books. Yeah. Uh, so the 18th uh, is is the next one. That's interesting. Like, you know already you're going to watch a movie on Thursday night. Well, we had to buy the tickets like three weeks ago, so yeah. <laughs>
2: if, if it's opening night, Avengers, man. So, so it's a big opening deal. night on Thursday.
0: It's a big deal, yeah. Roll the red carpet. So you re- like? Uh, if I went to try to buy a ticket now, I wouldn't get one. Good luck. Really? Yeah. Do you, For you, opening sc- night, can good Can you luck. scalp your ticket? I could. I- I'm going to go to the movie, though. I'm not going to scalp it. Well, why I don't didn't you why buy you- like eight, though, and try to scalp it?
2: For uh, because then I feel like you cheapen the movie. I mean, I'm not gonna take you know food out of the the actors and the the producers' pockets. Hmm. See, okay. me, me, I mean, morally it's wrong. Apparently, you don't care about morals because you're just like, let's find a way to make a quick buck. I had some things. Okay, uh,
0: I'm just so shocked that really three weeks three weeks ago
2: it was like three weeks ago.
0: Man. All right. Yeah. So it's gonna—is it gonna be? Are you you do you think? Do you have high expectations for the movie?
2: Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be three hours long. Little,
0: little long for my taste. i was gonna say. But it's, you're bringing uh, the little fella?
2: No, it's just me. No, it's just me and my friends. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, little man's got to stay behind for this one. Uh, but it—it's the 4D experience we're going to. So like the seat moves, and uh, I guess there's
0: like mist and stuff too. So, really? Is that yeah. uh, like Tinseltown? Do they do that there? Uh, I believe I, I'm not even sure. We're going sure which at. one.
2: Yeah, one of my friends said we got tickets, so okay. So they
0: do this whole experience thing. It is the whole
2: experience. It's almost like you're at Disney. It's almost like I'm in the movie. Actually, yes, that's kind of cool. I've never done it before, so I'll, I'll let good. you know. Yeah. Well,
0: I like those rides at Disney. Like those, yeah. some of those are my favorite ones. The, I um, know oh, I'm going to lose the what's the name? How do they describe them? Well, yeah, the, I know like the Spider-Man one. It's like the yes, uh, full the immersive virtual, yeah, virtual whatever. Yeah yeah yeah, or, yeah, 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 and like. The best ride, and I think they just changed it, and I haven't been to the new one. My my wife and uh, kids have, mm-hmm. is the uh, Soarin'
2: okay. uh,
0: at Epcot. Yeah, right. The one that you fly over. Yep. Like I, the I entire mean, country. You ever been I've there? Never been there. No. You never did that. You no, never did no. Soarin'. No. My goodness. I don't. I think they fixed it. They didn't. They've reincarnated the, that ride. Okay. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um, but anyway, I like those rides. Mm-hmm. Now there is one ride at Disney. I think that it's like that, and yeah. it's like the outer space one. Space Mountain? No, no, not uh, Space Mountain. Um, there's another one, yeah. and that thing is, like, they actually ask you, you say, do you want the souped-up version, <laughs> or do you want to be, like, just okay? Yeah. Well, that one you get a little claustrophobic in if you're claustrophobic Ooh. at all, and I didn't really like that. Did so. you do the souped-up version? Or no, no, okay. no, I did the, just the uh, other one, too. Okay. Yeah, I was out on that. I'm not a rides guy. Like, See, I am not... I I'm not an uh, ad- adventurer when it comes to the roller coasters. And all. I do them because my wife loves them. Mm-hmm. And so I suck it up and I do it. And it's like th- I feel good about myself when I do it because it's like over – it's not f- fair. It's like my stomach can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. And like I just – can't like
2: it's, I, one of the, it's one of the side effects of getting older like see
0: that's how i feel it's, it's not true. older i've been like this since i was like eight. Oh,
2: okay so this is like a condition then <laughs> <laughs> sorry for making fun of your yes, condition
0: i guess it is <laughs> yeah. motion
2: sickness maybe yeah. i don't know yeah, i mean i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just that sucks i don't want to make funnier for that
0: i've been on some big ones though like yeah. big roller coasters just be again like all right i'll do it mm-hmm Got to got to go defeat the fair a little bit. And I mean,
2: it. so I haven't been to Disney in a minute. Like, as a kid, I, I was there a couple times. Haven't been on roller coasters in a minute either. I used to, I, I was I was a roller coaster junkie. Where like you, I couldn't get that enough. That
0: makes sense. I couldn't get that. enough
2: of them. Yeah. Now I'm nervous for a few reasons. Like my size makes me nervous, and I don't know. I feel like I could get kind of dizzy and then feel sick. So I haven't been on a roller coaster in a couple years probably not gonna go back anytime you've soon. you've been
0: to space mountain i've been to space mountain yeah. no i'm not gonna lie space mountain i feel like because it's so like i love it yeah because i can't see it coming yeah yeah so yeah. and i like that it goes fast yeah i like fast i don't like drops okay um but I also uh, – thoughts have crossed my mind yeah. that I'm going to get decapitated in no, space.
2: No, for model. sure. I, dude, I've thought the same thoughts before, and it's, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not a fun place to go. <laughs> like you, you, your blood pressure is like at 190, and yeah, it's, it's not an enjoyable experience sometimes. Um, we used to have a roller coaster back in Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin Dells. It's like a big touristy water park destination, but they had a go-kart track. And they also had, like, this one roller coaster. And the cool thing with this roller coaster is that you can do it at night, too. There's something about being outside at night yeah, yeah. with the trees and whatnot on a roller coaster. It's a really cool, really That's cool scene. So yeah. you haven't brought Ronan to Disney yet? No, we haven't done Disney yet. Uh, we, we're going to kind of wait till he gets a little older so we can experience it, you know. So I think this might be the year that we're going yeah, to get full-blow Disney. Yeah, he'll, he'll love it now. I'm oh, I know. Four years old. You should have saw him. So we went to the, the Blues Festival? Yeah. And it's funny, like, when you have kids, how things change for, like, having fun. Like, it used to be me and my wife would go to the Blues Festival and just listen to music and drink some, you know, some basic beverages, have a good time. Well, now it's about making sure my son has a, a cool experience as well. So the music, you know, bounce houses. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting to. So we went to the bounce house. So I'm not sure if you've ever seen this bounce house, but there's like a, it's a velociraptor dinosaur one, okay, right? Yeah. And we've been on it probably like three or four times because every single year they have it there. They have it for dancing in the streets as well. So Ronan's experienced with this, with this slide. It's a bounce house and it's a slide. He loves going down the slide. Well, I go to the ticket guy and I'm not gonna buy them the all day pass because we don't have all day to be doing this. So instead of paying ten bucks, <laughs> I paid him five bucks for for like three slide rides. Cool. So we get to the slide, and something must have happened with the Velociraptor slide because it used to be where kids could just do whatever they wanted, climb up there as fast as you can, and and then like slide down, which I always encourage. You know, like when it comes to my son, obviously we preach love, we preach kindness, we preach respect. But when we're going up the slide, because it's a huge slide, I'm like, dude, if you got to push the kid out of the way, push the kid out of the way. But (laughs) we're getting in. We're getting out. Let's go. So that was the plan. Kindness, love. Yeah. Well, something happened. Get the hell out of my way. Something happened because I I want to be up and out by like in 10 minutes. That wasn't the case because something happened on this slide where the guy working it now – was like running a tight ship where only one kid could go up it and then go down so there must have been an incident or something well keep in mind brent like i'm not worried about my son being scared because we were experienced in this velociraptor slide but there were some kids who would get up to the top and all of a sudden were scared to come down yeah and no no other kids are pushing like my son would probably just push them out of the way i'm like forget you i'm going on the slide But that's not the case anymore. So parents had to climb up the slide to help their parent to help the kid come down. So that was a nightmare.
0: Almost need a fire truck there.
2: We waited literally thirty minutes just for one turn. And by the time it was Ronan's turn to go up, that little dude. So I told him, like, dude, just get up, get down, don't play around, let's go he gets up to the top and it's bouncy so he's just jumping up and down not coming down the slide i'm like you got five seconds because i'm not gonna come up there i'm too big to come up there i'm gonna unplug the whole thing <laughs> and ruin it for everybody you got five seconds so thankfully he saw me he came down the slide everything was good but man what a mess that was sorry that, that was a little so bit of a rant only one <laughs> only one ride no we ended up getting to no, because because to- the- <laughs> i told him to so he's like again again i'm like all right let's make it fast yeah you yeah.
0: can't say no it's hard to say no it is hard to say no do you have a good time out there it's spring in the blues
2: it was a good time yeah the music was obviously great the weather was nice it's supposed yeah. to rain we didn't get rained on thankfully food was a little expensive though
0: not gonna lie
2: but uh what are you what so gonna way do man so
0: hey uh, i did see the uh crazy inflatables yeah did you see the crazy arm inflatables there no no oh yeah, yeah. i saw they were they were at the spring in the blues It was just part of the festivities okay i said next year we're buying a couple and putting them out there it's gonna be our faces let's on do it. it that's the one we're gonna we put in that to do spring that. And the blues we need to do that immediately. little we'll advertising yeah we'll pay for it smart uh, for spring the blues. Uh, that was fun out there on uh, Friday, so hopefully everybody had a good weekend. Uh, I know a lot of folks that went, and, and yesterday was a really good day. I think they did get some rain on Saturday night. Saturday
2: night, yeah, because uh, I was but, also out there watching the basketball games as well. Right. That's when How about a little balling and falling? <laughs> sounds like the bounce
0: house almost was falling well,
2: so with this balling segment quick um i'm gonna have to boycott balling today really because i was at the sports bar and i had a gentleman come up to me who was my age and said dude i love the show I can't get nothing i'm like oh thanks man like it's cool to hear you know people like it but then he said well i got one thing to say i'm like oh here we go he goes you kind of talk a lot of wisconsin sports huh? i'm like "Well, oh, yeah but i'm from wisconsin he's like yeah but i mean we're in florida though right and i'm like Sure, and that was that was a conversation. Well, then somebody else made a comment on Twitter. They did, and then you well, reiterated I the in. point, and you jumped
0: in and said, I "Talk Wisconsin sports." So I don't think you talk too much Wisconsin well, sports, but
2: well, you know what, Brent, I made this guy happy. I said, "Okay," because l- 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 you listen to the show every single day. He's uh he's like an AC install like installation an AC installer at like prestigious homes, I guess is what he
0: said. So all he right. said he would listen to the show every single day. So did you tell him to buy some advertising? Uh, I did not tell him that. Call
2: but, our people. But I said I won't talk about Wisconsin sports at all today. So you know what, Brent? I'm just going to boycott this show. I'm not going to talk any Wisconsin sports. I'm not going to talk about the Brewers being the best team in the National League right now. I'm not going to talk about that at all, all right? I'm not going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks being the number one seed in the playoffs right now and having the best
0: record. I think that's good I'm, that you don't talk about it.
2: I'm not going to talk about it. not going to talk about Josh Hader. Right now, (laughs) Brett, I'm not going to talk about Josh Hader having five saves right now, a 0. 0.000 repeating ERA, and 13 Ks only in seven innings and two-thirds pitched, I'm not gonna talk about it. Not gonna talk about Giannis Adedekempo being the MVP probably of the season. I can't talk about it, man. People are sick and tired of me talking about Wisconsin sports, so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut, and I am boycotting balling uh, today.
0: That's a good idea. Go get a drink from the bubbler. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Regal Avenue Stadium 20 just did a $700,000 upgrade to 4-D, says Jersey 2 Jacks. Who's listening? That might be the one, That's then. probably the one you're going. It opens yep. on Thursday. You get to debut it, it sounds like. Uh, Mike Ballin, and before we take a break, and then we'll get to Fallin', you know what doesn't get enough love? The women's Final Four. The last True. two years... The women's Final Four has been unbelievable. Young lady from Notre Dame hits a game-winning shot last year in the semis and then wins it in the championship game. This year, unfortunately, she had mm-hmm. 31 but misses a free throw. And the games, both nights, fantastic. Back and forth. UConn-Notre Dame game the other night. Three-pointers and 3 point. You talk about making shots. They made big shots when they had to make shots. Uh, listen, I'm not like, uh, oh, my gosh, we don't cover women's basketball enough or – You really should watch a lot more women's basketball. The one problem with women's basketball at times is there's not enough parity. So Mm -hmm. UConn and the Tennessees of yesteryear were able to just dominate. Even Baylor and Notre Dame have been very good. But there's more of a Mississippi State's very good. You can rattle off a lot of teams now that are good at women's hoops. So the parity's growing, and there are more good teams. So that's a good thing, I think, for the sport. But just strictly from a Final Four standpoint. Bottom line is, last year and this year, if you like sports, if you like basketball, they were entertaining games. Three games last year, three games this year. So uh, check it out next year is my point. I mean, they are – you know, it's it's – very skilled. They can shoot the lights out. I think I brought it up the other day. They had a shooting competition. You know when they had the slam yeah, dunk in yeah, three? Yeah, really yeah. 77 out of 100. One yeah. Of the, yeah, we did it on the show Friday, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 77 out of 100 shots. I mean, they can flat out shoot it. And in a lot of respects, it's almost refreshing to watch the women's game because the fundamentals are way better. At, well, I don't know about way better, but they you, they're more pronounced. Mm-hmm. You know, the athleticism in the men's game is like, wow. You know, like the dunks and the Zion Williamson's. Yep. But, in the women's game, you really it's like fundamental basketball, so if you like old school basketball it's there's an entertainment value there
2: and also shout out to Sabrina Lonesco from uh, Oregon. she was in the tournament, I actually watched her a little bit. She was arguably probably the best player of the whole tournament. She's coming back for her senior year because Oregon didn't go to the finals. She wants to take the team to the championship. So she's coming back. That.
0: Pretty cool. And she, I, she's a ball. Yeah. Like, she's legit. That You know, I saw that, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. I've I didn't. I've never really paid that much attention to see if the women leave early for the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought it was cool that that was a story that she was saying in school. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and by the way, I don't think her stock will go anywhere.
2: No, and I'm sure Nick Saban's going to be happy that she's doing
0: that. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But also, you know, in fairness, it's not like she's going to the WNBA and going to make $30 million. You know, exactly. If you're a junior on the men's game and you have a chance to go make 10, 20, 30 million bucks, maybe more, Yeah. well, you're probably going to be enticed to go we'll have the fallen segment coming up we'll get back to the ncaa tournament championship game tonight what do you think give us a call 904-362-9901 and i'll tell you why the ncaa is a winner with this matchup it's all on the way on espn 690 all right we just did in and uh i like that austin lane skipped his turn not to mention any wisconsin sports instead he just m- mentioned them all why didn't we get to ice fishing? I, I was boycotting,
2: man. Hey, I'm not talking with Wisconsin sports today, yeah, guys.
0: Brett Martin of Austin Lane, Coos is here. We're we'll getting some football coming up in a bit. NCAA tournament game tonight. WrestleMania scorecard. Some some good and bad reviews coming out of WrestleMania. Big time event, of course. Uh but let's get to fallen right now and go ahead and begin.
2: Premature celebrations. Talking Ooh. to the to the War Eagles.
0: Oh, I'm, Hey, you <laughs> and did the same I'm thing for
2: I'm the same a moment. Boat, but guess what? I'm not an Auburn <laughs> fan, and I wasn't on campus. I didn't leave my dorm room and go outside to Tumors Corner and take those toilet paper rolls and throw them up in the trees. I didn't do that. I just casually sipped my beer and was like, oh, dang, he's shooting free throws. So from that perspective, I got to say, unfortunately, the Auburn students were falling. They thought they won. They went outside, started celebrating and whatnot, only to discover – that someone's got to shoot some free throws, and unfortunately, all three of those free throws went in. And they prematurely celebrated. Sucks to be the guy that has to take all that toilet paper out of the trees and whatnot. <laughs> but hey, that's sports, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and, that, and it was that kind of call. You know, it was just like it's like, oh, by the way, they actually even put point six back on the clock, which I thought was interesting. I thought he was going to the line by himself, hmm. which was probably better. He had some company because that would have made it even more pressure-packed yeah. by himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, just to echo what we talked about already, we're going to talk about the game a little bit more. I mean, Kyle Guy deserves just as much credit as the controversy of the double dribble and and whether the foul should be called in that spot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Guy able to knock down the free throws and score six points essentially in the final eight and a half seconds of the basketball game. All right. Here's my follow. Chris Davis, Baltimore Orioles first baseman. Mm hmm. He's 0 for his last 44, dating back to last year. Dang. You I and I could do that. I had no idea. You and I could do that. The only difference is Chris Davis is, like, in He's, the fourth season of a 161 million seven-year deal. How about that? He's 0 for 23 wow. this year with 13 strikeouts. They're booing him. Um, and this comes after last Like It goes fast in sports, right, when you're at that level. When you're at an elite level, it goes quick. And... You have to start to wonder something's up. Uh, obviously, mentally, when you're struggling, it's hard enough in, in baseball and in these kind of sports to overcome it. You got to battle that side of it. A sport where you're going to fail seven out of ten times, and in his case, it's not like he's a 300 hitter to begin with. He's like a 240, 250 hitter, and he's going to hit some home runs, so he's going to fail seven and a half times out of ten. Well, he only hit like 168 or something last year, so he had a miserable season. Mm-hmm. He's got this big contract or decent sized contract mm-hmm. for this day and age, and um, now he's he can't buy a hit. <laughs> Well, I mean, Brent, you're the perfect person to ask. You're a former baseball
2: player, played in college. If a guy's in that big of a slump, as a player, what do you do? Like, do you change up your routine a little bit? Do you... Do you just try to? I don't know. Talk to something. What, what, what's the what's the? Well, key on,
0: on the uh, yesterday was a thirty year anniversary of Major League. Yeah, you, you go find Joe Boo. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what you do. Yeah, not sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, to me, I like I was a superstitious guy to a degree. I don't think I was over the top about it, but I think you just got to mix something up. You find something, and I'm sure he has over these last year. He really probably has done that. I don't. I mean, I when you're like that, I I don't know. I mean, I, I if I was him, I'd lay down a bunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, get, I really would. Get your confidence up. Get on I, base. Something like that. You need a blue pit. I mean, even the percentages to go over for 44. Yeah. You know, you, even if you strike out 13 times in 23 at-bats, you're still putting it in play 10 times. So you'd figure something would come about. Um, but he's just really struggling. And there's no – you know, it's like it's like anything at the elite level. You can't hide it. You can't mm. fake it. You know, it, it, at this level, like at 12 years old or at high school – you can fake it a little bit because maybe the guy in the field's gonna blow one or he's, he's gonna, gonna there's gonna be lucky. an error and you're gonna end up on first base. So it feels like even if you're hitting 161 in high school, if you've been on base a little bit, you've walked a bit, you're probably not noticeable. And of course, nobody's talking about you, and you're not getting paid millions of dollars, so it's not <laughs> exacerbated. Yeah. But there's nowhere to hide here. And and also, if you're playing high school baseball or even college baseball, you're gonna get somebody that's like. You, you might face, say, in a week, a couple of pitchers that are really good, but then you're also going to get some pretty average guys out there. Well, not the bigs. You're not getting pretty average guys. You're getting some of the best guys that can do it. So I think it's, uh, it's really hard to climb out of, and we'll see if he does. I mean, they're going to have to make a decision, sit him down for a while. I'm sure they've tried everything in Baltimore, but that's a one heck of a slump. I think the record, if I read correctly, is 46, 0 for 46. And actually, speaking of Milwaukee, Craig Council did it. In 2011. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so. With uh, the
2: Rockies were with the Brewers. I think it was with the Rockies, no, right? Uh, uh, it was with Milwaukee okay, at that Brewers. time. It was
0: okay. in 2011. Okay. Uh, Bill Berg- Bergen, Bergen, uh, uh, back in 1909. Dave Campbell of San Diego and St. Louis in uh, 1973, and Craig Council. Uh, they all did it along with Eugenio Velez. Hitless in the 2011 season for his final 46 at bats, he obviously wasn't invited back. <laughs> uh, but I never, you know, Craig Council is the biggest name, at least to me, on that list. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and and he was a contact guy, which is pretty interesting. His stance
2: though, you ever see his stance? His stance yeah. was pretty aggressive. But back it's, the but day. it's
0: a little like Chris Davis. You could see him struggling hmm. because of he's swinging for the fences every time. Yeah. Uh, Craig Council wasn't that. Oh way. no, contact hitter all day. Yeah. So yep. you think he even would have tried to bunt in that stretch or yeah. something? That that was a miserable stretch, <laughs> uh, for Craig Council, uh, as well. All right, NCAA championship. I want to talk about this one thing. I think this is a good outcome. You know what I was thinking on Saturday night? It could be really bad for the NCAA from a from an optics standpoint. If you have Auburn, who's under the FBI watch with the whole my God, an assistant coach in jail, and you have Michigan State. And and, and hear me out on Michigan State. It's not about their basketball program, but this whole sex scandal at Michigan State with the doctor yeah. and the gymnastics and everything that that's fresh still i mean Mm. if if you take a if you think michigan state right now that's what that's what comes to mind for me i I don't know about for everybody but that does it's what comes to mind they've been in the press for bad reasons with and and i always go back to the culture of college athletics and they seem to epitomize that in a bad way with that whole scandal it's more than just the doctor though it's the people that try to cover it up that that weren't
2: coming forward and saying anything i mean it's a lot of people behind that so Yes, that still left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm sure everyone's mouth for sure. So yeah.
0: if you think about that, if that's what we're talking about tonight, Michigan State and Auburn, there is, I don't, if you're a realist, there's this cloud. And a cloud that I think the NCAA tournament and the NCAA in general would be better off not having to deal with. Just didn't As, want the dialogue. Uh, yeah. Especially in this sport. Because, again, this sport right now, college basketball, is under fire. And I don't think it feels it all the time because, again, we love March Madness. So this is the time of year we turn our cheek And we say, okay, how's your bracket doing? And Let's watch some hoops, and this is a lot of fun. Where's Cinderella? Give me good games. One shining moment tonight. But when that goes away tomorrow, there will be this FBI thing still out there. And where do we sit in college basketball? What's it going to look like in a couple years? And who's doing things on the up and up? I mean, even in this tournament in Jacksonville, we had LSU. They didn't have their coach. They didn't have their coach on the sideline because of this stuff. So I think – At least for the purity of the game, for for tonight to be in this. That's not why either one won or lost, but I just think it's a better thing for the NCAA to have Virginia, who seems about as clean cut as you can get, as, as I continue to say. Classy, Tony Bennett seems like he does it the right way. Whether he does or not, I don't know. I'm just saying it looks like he does. A lot of people don't believe Bruce Pearl because of his history does it the right way. And then you have this Texas Tech story where I wouldn't be shocked if we find out down the road. Because where did they come from? Kind yeah. of story. Yeah. You said it right. Pick seventh in the league. Nobody mm-hmm. really believed. them one top one hundred recruit. Yeah, they're not paying anybody to come there. But at least for tonight, you can say clean cut Virginian, Tony Bennett, the classy coach, against this new guy. Who is he? Chris Beard and Cinderella number three. You know who might really be the best team in the country as a three seed. Mm-hmm. They, they've been proving it. They're playing. Also, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Texas Tech won tonight. Would yeah. you?
2: I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever. And it goes to show you that sometimes it's not about the one and done. It's not about the talent. It's about the team chemistry. And from that aspect, I'm
0: cheering for Texas Tech. And defense wins championships. Uh, we'll be <laughs> yeah. cheering for him. Who's going to win? We'll talk about that later on in the show. A WrestleMania scorecard coming up next on ESPN 690. Hey, France. I know my last name's Martino, Martineau, but stop calling me during the night. What's the deal with this? To... I got five calls on Saturday night, like, or Sunday morning at, like, five in the morning. I got one this morning, and I think I just got two more. I hear everybody's What's doing going these. on here? What's the scam? No, this one, United Kingdom's after me now. That's oh, what these two that were. That might be,
2: like, a big call. That might be somebody interested in, like, the show or something. Little... Maybe. Yeah. Take it on the road. Maybe a little Aston Martin to some money this calling. way. <laughs> it's our
0: buddy calling from over there in London. I-, I was thinking Aston Martin. But yeah, it could be Andy too. <laughs> but you're not getting these calls? I'm not
2: getting
1: these calls. Who's you getting the calls? No, no calls from me. That's because we know Animal better. Animal you, Kingdom they, they sometimes calls me. Not. Do you guys have a- <laughs> No, wait. Finish wait. the story. Yeah, what? No, no, no. I was just setting up a joke. It didn't work. Oh, Animal whipped, Kingdom.
0: Whipped. Okay. It, he was saying United Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, oh, With, I get like it.
1: like a swing and a miss, uh, yeah, real bad.
0: Very good or
1: Davis not?
2: Davis out here from the Orioles, uh, <laughs> over twenty what? <laughs> over
1: thirty what? Yeah, yeah over forty four. <laughs> over forty
0: four. Excuse me. So, do you guys have AT and T? No, I am AT and T. Yeah, you are, but you're not getting the calls.
2: No, not wow, that what's i noticed. Up? Are, they, are they paying or something or what? Well, no, I'm AT&T? saying that's what I'm wondering. Oh, no, I, I'm wondering I, I if I it's a Sprint, it's so. a
0: provider thing. I have Sprint. I don't know. Someone's got my info, though. How yeah. would France get my info?
2: No, Brent. Like what you're bringing up right now, it's all over Twitter. Like everyone's getting these calls, yeah. so it's not just you. It's a it's a global kind of thing here.
0: I and we have no all idea. got like I know a, a bunch of people on Twitter, John Phillips included, that mm-hmm. got it like within half hour of of when I got it. And so huh. now I'm wondering if it's like like uh two of the people I saw on Twitter I have on my contact list. Exactly. So then it's like, wait a minute, did they somehow been able to? We need an investigation. Send Ben Becker. I haven't got it yet, and I'm
1: I'm happy for that. Uh, well, we'll find that. I do get some bottom, you of know spam calls, but it's you know. Oh, so do I. They'll do the trick where it's like a home. Uh, uh, what is that dial code? What are they? What are they, Oh my gosh. Area code. Area code. That's mm-hmm. it. Jeez. Um. Yeah, they have the area code, and it'll be like my home area code. And then I get worried. It's like, oh no, someone's like my family needs me or something. So.
2: Same thing with me too. But th- I'm am so, so like, oh, I try to drag it out as long as possible. Like I mess with them so bad, <laughs> I don't want to go.
1: Nicole. Like, these are like 10 minute conversations. Nicole's dad. Yeah, he'll he'll really just go into it with them, and yeah. I I don't give him the time of the day. I don't ever pick it up.
2: I also had some dude from Wisconsin who was must have been like in a retirement home or something. Um kept calling me because he thought like i was like somebody else so like he literally must have forgot that he called me he'd call me back so yeah we always chat a little bit, <laughs> no, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah i mean i honestly dude i think the dude was just lonely that's honestly awesome. like it, it's kind of sad when you think about it but that's great that you yeah. talk to him i talk to him a Why little should bit be,
1: like some like retired sports legend and then you find out like I know, years right. later
2: no he'd be like hey johnny cool, i'm though. like no this is austin man again he's like oh where are you at I'm like I live in Jacksonville (laughs) and they're like how's the weather we just talk about the weather and stuff man and they're like all right, well I'm gonna try to call Johnny I'm like good luck with that I'll talk to you next week again because you always call me
1: for some reason I'm pretty sure there's like a country song about that that, then the guy dies and leaves a millions and then the family's all upset oh there is there is that God uh, is
2: great,
0: beer is good, and people are
1: crazy. People
2: are crazy. Is.
0: Yeah, Billy Carrington. Good call. Yeah, yeah. I was there trying to go. think of it. Couldn't think of it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Actually, uh, Cole Swindell is a new one at Dad's old number, which actually reminded me of that. It was when people changed. you know. So oh, his dad had passed away, yeah, yeah. and somebody else has that number now. Yeah. Where he's so, apologizing for a good calling. Yeah, I like that. So that's a good storyline. Uh, speaking of that, do you? I, I was thinking of this the other day. Do people, if you don't have that person now or do, don't know that number, like, you don't even pick up the phone anymore, right? I mean, do no, yeah, no. you think about it for a second or do, do you no, pick it up? you pick I it up? Do. Yeah, no,
2: do you, I if it's if a it's Wisconsin number, I don't care who it is. If it's a telemarketer, I'll, I'll mess with you all day. Yeah, yeah. I'll, pay, I'll pick it
0: up. I, fe- I feel like now I'm a 90% just let it go guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you have something important, you will leave a voicemail, which my phone will transcribe so I don't even have to listen to it. I can just read the text and say, oh, that wasn't someone important. I'll call him back. Well, yeah. and I
0: also think most people, uh, with the exception of my mom, mm-hmm. uh, text too. So, like, if they don't pick you up. They usually will text you, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you don't pick up – and that's the other part. Like I never leave a voicemail. I don't get voicemails anymore. Like I don't understand why people leave voicemails. Now, my mom does, so I listen to my mom's voicemails. But my mom's old school. Like she doesn't text. She doesn't – Facebook, she doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. like that. But I don't – there's very few times you need to leave a voicemail, although I say that, and like if I'm calling to try to – like we're going to try to get Brian Burns on this week. Well, if I'm doing that, then I'll leave a message, say why I'm calling who I'm yeah, calling of from, because I can't text you, yeah. right? And you don't know my number. But I'm talking about if you know, like if I'm calling one of you guys, I will never leave you a voicemail because you'll see my that you missed the call yeah. or I'll text you. Yeah. So and like voicemails are
2: pointless. Well, that's the thing. Like if you call this, it means you want something. And if it's super important, you probably send a text message and be like, hey, call me back. We got to talk about yeah, the show or something. Now. Yeah, so. that's right. Exactly. That's so, how people communicate these nothing days. It's pretty wild. Nothing
1: infuriates me more than getting a text say, hey, uh, hey, I got a call, or hey, call me. And then you give it like 30 seconds and then they call me. So, like, I don't have a chance to do anything. Do and I'm like, yeah. why do you even text me? Just call, like, wait till you get married, dude. Uh... <laughs>
2: It's the best. <laughs> All right. Speaking uh, of,
0: was it the best or not the uh, best WrestleMania? Give us a review.
2: A, B, C, thumbs up, uh, thumbs down. Okay. Well, let's just go for predictions quick that me and Gary had. Our good friend Gary Barnridge was our WrestleMania liaison. Uh, he was in New York and everything went to the match. I haven't talked to him since yet. I figured I'd like, kind of, you know, let him s- s- sleep it off a little bit because it was a long <laughs> event. Uh, we both started out one and five in our picks. One in five. Oh, which, uh, like I said, those are Brent Martineau yeah. bracket numbers right there. Sure look like it. I ended up going 9 and 16. He, he went 8 and 16. So I ended up beating him by one. Okay. So I was excited Wait, about how did,
0: that. You, did you pick one? Actually, you went 9 and 15. Uh, how'd yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, n- n- 9 and 15. And he went. Unless you got a bonus six point. 8 and sixty. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm sorry. I went 9 of. 16 total matches. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. And then he won eight of 16 total I gotcha, matches. I gotcha. yep. uh, you. know, I'm not gonna break down the whole card, but my favorite match by far was Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. It was one that was um, that's the
0: heavyweight champion one, right?
2: That was the heavyweight champion one. Yep, that was for the the SmackDown title. And uh, it was a cool thing because Kofi was kind of the underdog. The universe really got behind him. What happened was there was an injury. This was probably happened about two months ago. There's an injury on the roster, and the fans were cheering for Kofi to take that spot. Kofi took the spot. Vince McMahon liked what he saw, and they really pushed Kofi a lot. Well, Kofi Kingston ended up uh, beating Daniel Bryan for the for the belt and everything. He had his family out there. It was a really big event. Uh, really cool thing. Really inspiring. Uh, good for Kofi Kingston, a guy who's been in the business for about 12 years. Uh, had never actually you know, wrestled for the title before until WrestleMania. So it, it was cool to finally see all that hard work pay off for
0: him. You know what's interesting? I saw him tweet today. And the first thought, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, so I see him tweet. And when I see him tweet, he's like thanking the fans and everything. And I'm like, dude, it's scripted. Like, it's not like you did something. But the fans got him there. But And so then that's what I realized. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, it's a, it's part of the journey. You've worked your way up to put yourself in that spot to mm-hmm. be considered. And then finally be be at least the guy in the script that wins right exactly because the the, the whole purpose of the fans if the fans weren't pushing him them- he
2: wouldn't get that opportunity. Yeah. So he does have to thank the fans because without their support, there is no way Vince would have let him wrestle for the, for the SmackDown title. That makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, the, the Brock Lesnar Roman, uh, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins match was interesting in the fact that it was the first match of WrestleMania. Uh, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar's advocate came out and said, Brock Lesnar has some other business in Las Vegas hinting at the UFC. So mm. Lesnar got beaten three minutes really makes you wonder if Going back to the UFC. it makes you wonder, man. And then, Hey, Let's get to the main event quick before well, uh, we listen, go Well, listen, if break. you want to
0: hang the main event, we got like 30 seconds. We can do it on the other side. Let's do it because it's going to take a little more time, and I got a question on it.
2: It's going to take a little more time, and I got to break this bad boy but down.
0: But overall, seriously, is it too long? Well, that's going to be part of my um,
2: reason why the main event was lacking. But uh, yes, seven and a half. Listen. Seven and a half hours, Vince, if you're listening, seven and a half hours for anything is too long. I don't want to see a Marvel movie for seven and a half hours. I don't want to watch a Game of Thrones marathon for seven and a half hours. I don't want to come to work for seven and a half hours. The only thing I want to do for seven and a half hours is sleep. Honestly, it's way too long. And I'm going to get into why that caused
0: the main event to be a little underwhelming. Hmm. All right. WrestleMania has some work to do, says Austin Lane. That... I wonder if it's because of the females. Uh-oh, watch yourself. Hey, it's next nice to ESPN 690. Who's going to win the national title tonight? Virginia or Texas Tech? 904-362-9901. We have an hour left in the show. Feel free to chime in. There a lot of football talk on the way, including Nick Saban and Ronnie Harrison getting into it. Jaguars mm-hmm. Ronnie Harrison. Uh, Antonio Brown just can't stay away from the spotlight, it appears. And uh, much, much more to come here on Masters Week as uh, we get ready to head to Augusta tomorrow on ESPN 690. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. Coos is here. Thanks to Marcel Robinson for stopping by earlier. And WrestleMania was last night. Super long, as everybody says. But get to your main event and why the main event isn't uh, or wasn't maybe everything it was cracked up to be. I'm going to keep it real. Okay. I understand
2: that some people may be afraid to tell it like it is because the fact that WrestleMania had the first all-female main event, and that's great. I think some people are afraid to really tell the truth and the fact that maybe it wasn't that good because they're afraid of the the backlash they're going to get. I'm just going to make these points quick. As I talked about the last segment, a big thing with wrestling is the fan interaction. It's the fans cheering. That's what makes the match. So when we're seven hours in to WrestleMania... And it was evident on TV, and I'm sure people that were actually there can attest to it. We can call Gary, and I'm sure he would attest to it. Those fans were absolutely shot. I mean, after the Kofi win, after the the, the boring match between Batista and Triple H, I think people were ready to go home.
0: Yeah, I watched it. Just to interrupt you real quick, no, you just got, to get you know, on this side. Grave, ben grave. Becker was watching after we were done with TV. He was yep. kind of watching it back, like he was slowly along. Mm-hmm. So we watched at like midnight. We were watching the Triple H match. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he told me, and I didn't get that. So I don't watch wrestling. So, but he was like. Yeah, you can tell the crowd isn't into it at all. Like they yeah. they want it to be done. Du- you can tell it's a dud match because mm-hmm. they're not even into it and it's lasting forever. So mm-hmm. to your point, it's you need that's how you feel, right? That's how you measure if it's a good good match, good script, good everything.
2: Exactly. So from that standpoint, not off to a good start. Now there were the occasional, you know, Becky Chance which was great because she was really the, the most over wrestler there. She was the the fan favorite and so that was cool, but from, from perspective, the crowd just wasn't into it. And what really ruined the match for me, yeah, there's some mistakes here and there. I mean, there's some mistakes. They call them botches, by the way. There were a few botches here and there. Um, you don't know, you usually see a botch in, in a WrestleMania main event. So that kind of took some of the prestige, some of the glimmer off it. But what made me mad was the ending. Did you hear about the ending or not? No. So the ending was what really kind of ticked me off and I think ticked a lot of wrestling fans off. To quick explain this in a a short version here, Becky Lynch shouldn't have been a WrestleMania. If you had asked me a year ago, do you see Becky Lynch headlining WrestleMania? I would say absolutely not. She doesn't have the last name Flair. She's not Ronda Rousey who's coming from MMA who's a movie star. She's just Becky Lynch. So Becky Lynch's story is one of overcoming adversity, being the underdog, the fans really carrying her, kind of like they did with Kofi Kingston, and the fans put her in that match. Yeah, so, because she's
0: become a star in the last year. She,
2: she is the biggest star right now, in my opinion, in professional wrestling. It, it's, it's that much of a big deal. So her story is just it, – it's insane about how much you know pop she got. So from that aspect, they were right to make her the winner because she ended up winning it, and that was great. But the way she won it kind of – cheapen the whole deal because what happened was Rousey went for a move and Becky just kind of rolled her up but it was a sloppy roll up and it just it wasn't a WrestleMania moment ending caliber kind of moment. Basically what happened was Rousey went for a move, uh Becky Lynch rolls her up, one, two, three, they showed the replay Rhonda Rousey's arms weren't down, or her shoulders weren't down, so there's controversy there. Now, whether that's part of the story or not, it doesn't make a difference going forward because it cheapened the whole deal that you didn't let Becky Lynch get really get her moment. It was it was a botched ending. Um, it wasn't smooth, not it memorable. Just, it wasn't memorable at all for for being the main event, for having these women, the first ever female all main event WrestleMania, to have it end like that, to have the whole WrestleMania event end like that. I just thought it wasn't that good. And this isn't this isn't a knock of you know girls wrestling or guys. I mean, if this would have happened in, in, a, in a in a guys match, I would have said the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just the fact that the way it ended and just the, the time limit and the crowd interaction just wasn't there.
0: Okay, so let me get this off WrestleMania in a way and, and bring it to more just in general. Yeah. And because the elephant in the room is, and I thought of this last night, as it's going on and on and people in the newsroom talking about it and they like it, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, the – they're waiting until after midnight to watch women wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I thought about, I was like, I mean, I, I've been in the business for 20 years. Like I understand how sports works. Like, let me tell you, folks, the Final Four on Saturday night and tonight will outdo the numbers of Friday night and Sunday that the women's games did. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just told you earlier in the show my ballin was the women's Final Four. Yeah, I just told you the last two years watch the women's Final Four, it's fantastic. But I'm just giving you reality is. The masses don't watch women's sports more than they watch men's sports. And so it crossed my mind last night where even though this is scripted and it's not – you know, you, can, you have your fake wrestling people and all this stuff. Bottom line is it's a huge show, and it's still under the sports and entertainment umbrella. And it did cross my mind to say, wow, they're – like not only is this long, but they're waiting this long, and they're going to watch the women wrestling. Yeah. And so I was a little surprised. I, I I did. I'm just being honest with you. I did say that to myself. No, for and sure. So my question really is, was it the right time for that? Mm-hmm. You know, did Vince McMahon, did did WWE, did they miscalculate? Did, no. Was, should they have waited another year? Should is that three years down the road? Is it?
2: No, so no, it wasn't from uh, from the timing. I think it was the perfect timing because Becky was so over. She was th- she was the main attraction of WrestleMania, and you know the, the build up leading to this match. I mean, it's been building up for the past you know six months or so, and the build up has been great. The anticipation was great, so the timing was right on. So
0: people couldn't wait for it.
2: People couldn't wait for it. I I mean I was I was excited because I didn't know what was going to happen, but I think. And I don't know if this is true or not, but what I've been reading is the fact that maybe it ran a little too long and they had to shorten the match, hence why it was kind of a cheaper finish. That's what some people are saying. Interesting. But but regardless, like I said, it's WrestleMania. I don't, I don't care if it's. Females or males, like, you want that last WrestleMania moment, you know, when, when they go one, two, three. You want it to be a special, magical moment. And unfortunately, I just didn't feel like it covered that.
0: Do you think uh, this is a billion-dollar deal with Fox coming up in October mm-hmm. uh, for WWE? Again, people, I get it. Like, uh, I'm not a wrestling. I mean, it's 5 o'clock on ESPN 690. I'm talking WrestleMania a little bit, but I'm talking on broad picture here. And it's, you're going to flip the TV on all f- in the fall. During football season, on Friday nights, starting in October, at eight o'clock at night till ten o'clock, and you're on Fox thirty, and you're going to watch. Well, you might not watch, but you'll see wrestling. Yeah. And the numbers will be good. I mean, it's a billion dollar deal with the WWE. So, I mean, the thing is, my point is, can Vince McMahon screw this up? Can, mm. can he do anything to mess it up? Wrestling's no. got a ton of momentum. But can he hurt the industry in any way, or is it going to take somebody else? Like in all, Because now listen to the last couple of weeks what we've talked about. Well, the John Oliver stuff, mm-hmm. right, where he brought up just how these guys aren't treated well. Uh, the wrestling guys in, uh, ladies and uh, men, mm-hmm. uh, aren't treated probably as well as they should be. And then you come on WrestleMania, and you have your big day, and it's not getting rave reviews. It's at least being criticized to a degree from main event to how long it was. So I guess, is it just kind of a couple of weeks that aren't that great for wrestling, or can he hurt his product? Yeah. Can he do something, in a product that's lasted for two generations of people now, if not longer, decades and decades, grown into a billion-dollar industry, can he hurt it?
2: So two things. This actually covers my cruise control. Should I get into it quick? Sure. Okay, so uh, stay in your lane cruise control. First, I just wanted to give, you know, uh, just the cruise control for wrestling in general, because... Fox Sports Network just signed the billion dollar deal to, to air wrestling. ESPN's been talking about it the whole day. It's been trending on Twitter since, you know, since 11 o'clock last night. It's, it's the top trend. Uh, S-I, I didn't so, S-I even know S-I ESPN. Has, they've, S-I they have the wrestling? wrestling chapter. Yes. So from that perspective, listen. I know there's people out there that want to call it, you know, a, a fake, just
0: BS kind of sport. It's oh, not even a sport. Oh, we just had someone on Twitter. And by yeah. the way, he's a follower. He listens, and, and yeah. I've, I've known him for a while. I mean, I know him on Twitter for a bit. And he said, that's fine if people want to watch fake wrestling, but thumbs down to any sports media that even mentions it. And okay, See, well, I, I disagree to I'm, – again, I'm talking to you like I'm I'm this guy. I'm Mike listen, and Jax. I don't watch it. But to – you're fooling yourself if you don't think people watch to, it. It's not a big to, thing. To
2: get back to, to Mike's – the guy's name is Mike.
0: Uh, At least on Twitter, Okay, well,
2: Mike, (laughs) guess what? 85,000 people pulled up to MetLife Stadium, a football stadium, and watched a supposed fake event of just fake BS for seven and a half hours. So from that perspective, I feel like it's a pretty popular. You can call it a sport or whatever. The fact that it's going to be on the Fox Sports Network, one might say it could be a sport. It could be sports entertainment. It still fits that sporting category. Listen, I don't think gaming, I don't think video games – are a sport but it's still on ESPN and you know what? I respect those dudes I don't like watching it all the time but I respect them because I play video games myself
0: and well, this, this is way more of a sport than that in, terms, in, in the old sports yeah. sense. But, 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 I mean, but, but, these but, guys but, are athletes.
2: Exactly. But what, what I'm saying is you better start recognizing these you know these activities or whatever you can call gaming a sport. You better start recognizing, recognizing these things as a big deal because, number one, they're making a lot of money. And number two, people are signing up to watch it. Yeah. So w- whether it's a sport or not. I don't, I don't care really what you think, but the fact that we're talking about it and, you know, Brent's kind of spearheading the thing, I'm thankful for it. And I want to touch on a, uh, All Elite Wrestling quick because Brent brought up All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling had a shout-out during, um, during the the Hall of Fame ceremony where Bret Hart got attacked. You might have saw yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, Triple H actually threw a couple jabs at All Elite Wrestling. One of them, he called them the piss ant company. Oh. So... The fact that Triple H, you know... Acknowledged well, him. The GM, yeah, and he, and he wanted uh, you know, to make jokes and crack jokes about All Elite Wrestling. No. If you're not worried about him, you don't mention him at all. Absolutely. But the fact that you brought him up during the Hall of
0: Fame ceremony tells me that All Elite Wrestling is doing something right. Very interesting. Uh, one final thought on that, and uh, stay in your lane rolls on. We go to football. I, if you don't like wrestling, I know you like football. Even if you like wrestling, I think you like football. We're talking football next on ESPN 690. All right, football talk here on ESPN six ninety. Coming up on the way. Antonio Brown, Nick Saban, Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, we're gonna talk some football. I have one final thought on wrestling. And you have stay in your lane to continue, which we'll get to football. Yep. There is here's my one thought on it, and I and I I've wrestled <laughs> with this the last year or so, year and a half, two years, even on the TV side, especially when I saw this billion dollar deal coming to Fox, and I said We got to start doing more with. Like, I feel like we should even start doing more in sports, maybe in our half hour shows, Saturday, Sunday, night. I think there's something to do. I mean, could you even make the argument Friday nights? It's on Fox 30. Can we do something on Mm -hmm. uh, in the early news, uh, like in our sportscast or late news? I don't know. I, I still, again, go back and forth on that. And the reason I do is, although it's a billion dollar deal for that, it's one of the unique things, and video gaming is like this too, where. You have to wonder if local TV, radio, print, websites can make any money off it. Yeah. You know, that's that's my thought. And, and if that doesn't happen, well, then you don't get – it's harder to get mainstream. Like ESPN obviously is seeing something and SI is seeing something where they can make dollars off it. So if they can, you figure, well, maybe you can do it locally. But think about it from our perspective, like uh, from a local sports perspective. The NFL, ESPN's making a ton of money. They they can make money because they can they they spend a lot, but then they can make some back because they're they're doing shows and and they're selling commercial space and blah blah blah. Well, obviously we don't do the entire NFL all the time, but we have the Jaguars. Well, wrestling, where's the local tie? You know, if ESPN sees hey we can do something, we can do something with this and say we can uh, we can do some. Uh, programming around wrestling events. We can do podcasts and we can do shows. And okay, ESPN can because they're talking to big, big masses of population. Locally, what's the local angle? You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I kind of wonder about where this goes. You can have a billion dollar deal with TV nationally, yet still not be able to do much from a local standpoint. And not to say na- nationally is the mainstream, but I do think it kind of filters through the locals too, local sports. And I wonder if it ever gets that mainstream where we're talking about it like we talk about college basketball or college baseball or college football or NFL NBA whatever else so and I just remembered I didn't
2: really answer the one question you asked can wrestling fail can Vince McMahon run that company into the ground and can they have you know can, I mean can it can it not prosper like it has been and and my answer to you is I doubt it because there has been some questionable decisions in, in you know in the business including Vince McMahon but and Vince McMahon said it himself the beauty of what he has compared to other like whether it's boxing MMA or any other sport, With wrestling, you can always control the outcome, and if you can control the outcome, people are always going to want to be around because you're going to cater to the people, right? Yeah, yeah. So from that perspective, I don't ever see wrestling failing. Um, Here's the the one chance they
0: have to fail. Do they have anybody else coming up behind Vince McMahon? He is so hands-on. Has he he not not as much
2: anymore? So, so NXT is like their
0: minor league, league, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
2: called minor league. Triple H is spearheading NXT. Arguably, um, my opinion, I think a lot of people agree with me, the NXT pay-per-view, the, it's called NXT TakeOver. It was on, uh, Friday, on Friday. That was incredible. A-plus. Really? A-plus, yeah. And don't get me wrong, WrestleMania was still good. It was long, but it was good. I mean, I'd probably give it a B, solid B. But NXT TakeOver was phenomenal. Huh. And, and Triple H has spearheaded that now for, I want to say, the past five or six years and He's married
0: into the family he's
2: married in the family yeah. so i think when vince is finally done and you know he kind of ha- turns the reins over triple h is going to ha- keep it in good hands
0: interesting right.
2: now to answer your question about the fan base and whatnot like where's the money in it like jaguar fans like any sports team wrestling fans are some of the most loyal fans in the world uh, and i mean that wholeheartedly um whether it's buying merch whether it's going to las vegas for a pay-per-view and it's selling out in literally 30 minutes uh in terms of loyalty, imagine it like soccer hooligan. It's the exact same thing. Each fan's got their guy that they like and that they despise, but either way, it's, it's pumping money back into the company. Yeah, so yeah. That, there's your answer right
0: there. And, and I do think that is the answer. I think it can. And by the way, this day and age, as we're finding out, we might be a local sports show, mm-hmm. but we're on all these platforms. We're on Twitch, and we're on Facebook, and we're on YouTube, and we're on Twitter. You can see us all over the world right now Yes. if you want to. So if you want to find um, – An hour radio show or an hour TV show on it. You can most likely find it. Like the NFL, though, there will also be, from a TV perspective, the ownership of rights. See, that's what's hard in the NFL. That's why, like, the team websites and and everyone like that have done so well, because they control the content in the NFL. A lot like wrestling, right? Control the rights of that video more than any other sport mm-hmm. at least it feels like the masters the masters is very much like that <laughs> Good the masters well not yeah. only that but you you can only do so much you can only cover so much but on top of that Heck, you can't even go into the store and buy a master shirt anywhere. You have to be at Augusta to do mm-hmm. it. You can't find that stuff unless somebody's selling it on the secondary market. So it's really interesting when when entities control that much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, often it is. All right. right, stay in your lane. Pump your brakes, time. Pump your brakes. Uh, and we're well, getting to football now.
2: Let's let's talk about another spectacle going on right now. Antonio Brown. Listen, dude, I'm gonna need you to pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, Antonio, man, I gave you your props. You changed the game. You believed in yourself so much that you were willing to take a risk of getting blacklisted basically from the league. And what happened? You signed a new contract with the Raiders. You made $30 million more million because of it. It was a power move that changed the game for the better. And while you threw Big Ben, maybe some other staff under the bus, I tolerated it because look at what the results that happened from it. Like I said, you changed the game. And you got paid. And I'm happy for you with that. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think this happened yesterday, posted on Twitter, congrats to Juju Smith-Schuster for being the player of the year on the Steelers. You went out of your way and brought your brother down. This wasn't a matter of a reporter or an analyst asking for your opinion about what do you think about Juju Smith-Schuster getting player of the year. No, it wasn't like that at all. You literally went out of your way on Twitter to bring another teammate, to bring a brother down. A brother who had nothing but respect for you. A brother who wouldn't dream of bad-mouthing you even when you kind of turned your back on the locker room a little bit and caused some division there. A guy that didn't say anything about it. Listen, dude, you're one of the best wide receivers in the league. And the amount of money that you're making now is showing that. And for that, you've won. You've, you've absolutely won. You've won the game of football. You're one of the best receivers in the league. So my question to you is, why would you try to bring another person down? A person's ego is one of the most necessary things for success, but it's also the biggest thing that could lead to someone's downfall. So I'm asking you, Antonio, be better. We're supposed to be united and help each other out uh, as members of this SHIELD. Especially, and and you you went after a guy who didn't really deserve it. Now, I can see sometimes where guys have it coming. That's cool. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster deserved any of what you said about him. I always say, Brent, you should be a spoke on the wheel of progress. And right now, I don't think Antonio is really being a spoke on the wheel of progress. I think he's being a brick. And just to kind of sum things up, we have two choices in this world. We can either direct positive energy in the world or negative energy. And right now, Antonio Brown is projecting negative energy and while he may not see it himself i think those around him are starting to see it so i only ask that he thinks before he says stuff and maybe lean towards
0: projecting positive energy so what happened here if you just catch it up the uh, Steelers named juju smith smith schuster uh say that fast a lot of times <laughs> it's not easy uh most valuable player of 2018 like lawson just said and antonio brown on twitter said uh emotion colon. Boy fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of year. Everyone went blind, too busy, making guys famous. Not enough reality these days. Uh, by the way, check the list. Uh, and I think that was in, in response to something else. But he brings up the fumble, mm-hmm. uh, to your point. And going back and forth, and what, here's what I get. Before before
2: we go – and we have to update it too. So Antonio Brown had another comment today where he posted a picture on Instagram of Juju Smith-Schuster in college at USC asking Antonio Brown for advice. And Antonio Brown posted that like – like he was in the wrong or something. Like it's just it's baffling to me. But I'm sorry, yeah, to cut you Juju off.
0: said this. All I ever did was show that man love and respect. To yeah. that point, on that, from the moment I got the league, I was genuinely happy for him too. When he got traded to Oakland with a big contract, now he takes shot, shots at me on social media. So they they go back and forth here on, on social media. Here's my view of it. So okay, that's a good good thought uh, of of what you had as a former player too. M- my first thought was. There is this saying of what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. And I don't necessarily mean now this particular instance happened in the locker room. But there's stuff that happened in that Pittsburgh locker room. (laughs) Stuff enough to force Antonio Brown to ask his way out and end up in Oakland. Stuff that we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster have to try to defend Ben Roethlisberger, the organization defend Ben Roethlisberger, this whole feud. And by the way, we said it for the last few years. I mean, Pittsburgh has been a, a soap opera. And to their credit, they've been able to handle the soap opera and still win football games and go to the playoffs, knock on the door, not be able to win big. And maybe that's the disconnect instead of, you know, you you win big maybe if, if you're all together and you don't have all this stuff going on and some of these distractions. But I was always impressed at how well they could do even with the distractions. But there is that old saying, and it feels like some of this stuff is being played out on social media where it's almost like I'm not entertained by it. I feel like I almost want to close my eyes on it, cover my eyes on it, be like, it doesn't feel right. Um, we all kind of want to know what's going on in the locker room. I get it. Yeah, like we want to, we want to kind of watch the soap opera and 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 see it and get behind the scenes and peel back the curtain, all those things. We're all about it as society. But to your point, when it starts kind of like going back, it's almost like too much now. Mm-hmm. It's almost too much of still this going on, and I kind of wonder if the Raiders even like now they're even saying. A, Again, really? You, like, you absolutely haven't. Have to. We closed the chapter on this. Like you got a fresh start. There had to be conversations when he went to Oakland. To be like, all right, listen, let's start fresh. Let's leave everything behind. And well, here we are. And and listen, and I said it, it before, but
2: it's not like somebody asked him his opinion. He literally just went out of his way to share his opinion when nobody asked him, and it was a negative opinion, and it just it was negative energy. And if I'm the if I'm the the Raiders brass, listen. The fact that you paid him an extra $30 million to come play for you, you kind of forfeited your power right there. Because if you remember, Antonio Brown said that if a team gets me, they're playing by my rules. Well, due to his contract, they kind of are playing by his rules, right?
0: Yeah, they signed.
2: Yeah. So... It frustrates me, and and listen, like you you touched on it. We we love the drama as a society. We we love to see the back and forth. I mean, we're talking about it right, right now. Right? It gives, like,
0: us, gives us content.
2: I people mean. are listening, yeah. So we're talking about it. And, you know, we're spreading it as well, but. It ticks me off as a former football player because I think back to the lockout, and this is—you might wonder how this is going to tie in—but during the lockout, the problem that NFL players had was we weren't on the same page. We didn't all come together. Other guys had different motivations. Other guys wanted different things. So, with a lockout coming up, and you see, a potential. With a, with a, I mean, a, probably with a potential lockout coming up, and you see this disdain. You see just guys not on the same page, going back and forth. It makes me wonder what's going to happen with this lockout because, and granted, like, this is just one case, but I'm sure there's more of it going on. And if that's the case, especially with social media and whatnot, it makes me nervous for, for the guys still in the league right now.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, Phil, it's, it's, it can have that feeling of everyone for themselves rather than what's good for the greater good and for the game going forward for the players. That's what yeah. players need to be arguing for right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they didn't do a good job of the last time or a, well, a good enough job. Um, And that's um, why we could be headed for another lockout potentially. So that's a pretty good tie-in right there. Hey, when we come back, more football. Ronnie Harrison versus Nick Saban, next on ESPN 690. Oh, when does the truth and speaking the truth kind of cross? the line a little bit you know that's kind of what we're talking about with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster to a degree you know we ask us I say we in the media you know and I think even as fans say hey you want the authentic genuine stuff you want you want good answers and then when you get them sometimes you're like why the hell did he say that (laughs) so I always think we have to be a little careful to be too hypocritical on this stuff uh, when it comes to that point that being said, Nick Saban is in the news, and without saying his name, he put, well, he didn't, but Jaguars safety Ronnie Harrison kind of put himself back in the news because Saban didn't say Ronnie Harrison, but he all but said Ronnie Harrison. So to set this up, Brett Morton, Austin Lane, Kuz back here on ESPN 690 on a Monday, half hour to go. I want you to hear the thoughts from Nick Saban and how this all started. And keep in mind, Ronnie Harrison, second-year player for the Jags, a rookie last year, left school early to pursue the NFL dream, was drafted in the third round, and Nick Saban was asked about players leaving early. One of Saban's rants, and by the way, as a as a frontline guy in college football, I'm not even sure if I call it a, a rant. I, I just think soapbox rant message, thoughts, any of that stuff, I think we we value those guys' opinions. I mean, he's he's the best coach in America. We value the opinion of of people that are doing it at the best of their level. And so to hear his thoughts on it, I think, is always refreshing on any topic. Now, then we can decide whether we agree or not. But here are Nick Saban's thoughts on um, guys leaving early for the NFL.
1: I do know there's some pretty compelling stats out there about guys going out early for the draft. Uh, I think in the last five years, not counting this year, there's been 380 players or thereabouts go out early for the draft and 25% of those guys didn't even get drafted. And another 25% weren't on a team in three years. So that means 50% of the guys that went out early for the draft had failed careers. But if you look at the number of guys that were first and second round draft picks, there were very few guys that have failed careers. Now we have guys that have no draft grades, seventh round grades, free agent grades, fifth-round grades that are going out for the draft. And, you know, the person that loses in that is the player.
0: So there's Nick Saban. And what he went on to say, you didn't hear that part, but he said, for example, I'm not going to name any names, but a third-round guy from last year, well, okay, who's drafting the third round? Let's do this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, It was Ronnie Harrison. So he essentially named Ronnie Harrison and said he cost himself money. He cost himself I think the number used was like $15, $18 million, potentially. If he comes back to school for a year, gets drafted in the first round, well, then he makes himself some money. Okay. There's a lot to this, in my opinion. One, I think Saban is right on a lot of levels, especially the back-end guys. The back-end guys, and we see this in a lot of different sports. We're about to see it in the Major League Baseball draft. There will be some high school kids that don't go to college and take some money, and it's a bad move for them. And... To each their own. Everybody's going to make these decisions. I don't think this always has has to involve money. I think it involves recruits. What I would say to Nick Saban in this same situation is, okay, Nick, how many guys committed to you as a sophomore and a junior and made the wrong decision committing to you because you then filled their scholarships or their competition with better players, and now they are sitting at the end of your bench See, to me, there's not that much of a difference between a failed NFL guy, other than the money, I, so there is a big difference, but in, that, in the essence of this conversation, there's not that much of a difference than a guy who goes to college, he's this big recruit, and you're getting him, and he's going to Alabama, and he hardly plays, so he fizzles out at Alabama, than the guy that chooses to go to the NFL in the fifth round, sixth round, instead of coming back, and he fizzles out too. It's a similar type of decision. Sometimes you're given bad advice. Sometimes you just make a bad decision. Or sometimes the circumstances work against you. And circumstances, by the way, can be injuries. You know, Ronnie Harrison could simply go back to Alabama last year, play his senior year, and get injured. And his stock didn't go anywhere but maybe down. Instead of up. Exactly. So you, you have those. I mean, heck, you can walk across the street and get hit by a bus. I understand that. So I, I get the essence of what Saban is saying. But I think if you flip it on its head a little bit, he's guilty of it on the recruiting side very often by asking kids to commit as sophomores and as juniors and earlier than maybe they even want to. So I do think it's a bit hypocritical in that sense. Now, the other bad thing for Sabin here, or really maybe the only bad thing for Saban, don't call out your guy. I mean, don't call out your player. And I think that's what Ronnie Harrison had a lot of. That's where he came back and said, you know, he said things things about Saban, which whether they're true or not, I think that's what got him emotional about the topic. So
2: when I saw this come out, and I so the first thing I saw on Twitter today was Ronnie Harrison's response. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I got to dig deep into this. So I saw what Saban said. And immediately I had my opinion, but I didn't. I wanted to get, I guess, Saban the benefit of the doubt because he is one of the the, probably the greatest college football coach of all time so i wanted to hear the whole the interview thing the press conference so i listened to all 15 minutes of it and after that i am definitely on ronnie harrison's side really um yeah so here's where i'm coming from if you're nick saban how are you going to call out a player about his intentions and goals instead of talking bad and it's so funny you said well We had a third round draft pick. Well Ronnie Harrison was the only third round draft pick. So stop like going around the detail and just say his name then. Because you're basically saying his name.
0: Yeah, that 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 was a mistake he made. That was a mistake he made in my opinion.
2: Okay, let's call it a mistake then. Let's talk about some more mistakes that Nick Saban made. So instead of talking bad about Ronnie Harrison saying how he should have stayed another year to make more money. Well, Ronnie Harrison was slated to be a late first rounder to an early second rounder. What caused him to drop a lot, I feel like, was his character flaws. Uh, some NFL scouts and I read into this were saying that he had some character issues, and that's why teams were turned off a little bit. Okay, so he goes third round. So be it. But instead of being his head coach, a guy that you brought in, uh, a kid that you brought in to play for university, a kid who gave you blood, sweat, and tears— Instead of questioning him and kind of calling him out, why wouldn't you just say, you know what, we have a guy like Ronnie Harrison, uh, didn't go first on, unfortunately, he fell a little bit in the draft, but I have confidence in his abilities, I have confidence of, of how we prepared him as a player, and when that second contract comes around, he's going to be successful. It's your job to get the kids ready for, for, for the next level, Saban. So then why are you saying, oh, he should have stayed another year? Are you saying that you didn't get him ready in time? Are you saying that you're doubting your coaching techniques? Are you saying that maybe your program doesn't get guys ready for the NFL? Because that's what I garner from when he says things like that. He, he didn't pay Ronnie Harrison any kind of compliment. He didn't say, well, he had a really good first year in Jacksonville because he did have a great first he year. Had a very good we year. talk about him all the time on this show. But it's it Saban's, it Saban's deal that just, I guess – question his intentions, and say, ah, oh, he said it came back another year.
0: Well, and see, here's the deal. So this is where I think Saban made the mistake. A third-round guy is not a good example here. Now, what he says is $15, $18 million. Here's the deal. Jags signed him for a four-year $3.38 million. So say he could get $15 million at the back end of the first round in general. And, by the way, he get $15 million and the team owned, owned uh, actually controls your contract for five years in the first round. So that's a big difference, right? $3.5 million worth fifteen versus $15 million. Big difference. And by the way, only 800000 of that's a signing bonus, so nothing's really guaranteed in the NFL after that signing bonus. Ronnie Harrison's reply was, coaches get so butthurt nowadays about a kid making a decision to live out his dreams and go pro. Makes me think, do you really care about the success of the kid or how well your program performs? And so that was the response that that Mm -hmm. got everything going. But I think Saban was trying to say, and is – I think his principle of the matter was correct in saying these fifth, sixth, seventh-round guys that then just don't even get a chance, don't get drafted, they're misled. They're better off going, and I don't know if I'd argue with them. They're better off coming back to school, having a big year, getting more mature, getting better as a football player, and then see if their stock goes up. I I think overall if you did a study on the sixth, seventh-round undrafted free agents that leave early – I think that probably is a wise decision to go back to school nine out of ten times.
2: What made me upset was though he brought up the stats of saying, and I forgot what the number was, but he's like, on an average, like only those guys that leave early only you know two point they only last like two point three years on average, something like that. yeah, well, guess what?
0: the average lifespan of an NFL player is two point six years, so that stat means nothing to me well there's one one other part of this too, I think from Harrison's standpoint from the player's standpoint that when three and a half million dollars is still a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Like if you don't, if you go back to school and you tear an ACL or something happens to you, and God forbid you can't play in the NFL, you just lost three and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get apply for a job and get that most likely out of school. Yeah. So let's. I mean, I get fifteen million dollars is a lot. Uh, really, a lot of money. But so is three and a half million dollars. Let's not mistake that. So if he lives out this contract and then the other part of it is and I think Ronnie Harrison's on track to prove Saban wrong, because if you have a big year and then you have another year this year coming up, well, you are on a faster track to land the big, big deal you can actually get ahead of it and make more money earlier than you would if you were to stay as a senior. So those things have to cross the mind of the athlete and their representation as well. Here's the most ironic
2: ironic thing of the whole thing, Brent. The fact that if Ronnie Harrison does have the chip on his shoulder, he proves Nick Saban wrong, maybe he becomes an all-pro player, what is Nick Saban going to do? Nick Saban's going to sit in some recruits' house in high school and say, well, we got good safeties. We had Ronnie Harrison come through the program. He's an all-pro now. Check him out. So like you're going to use Ronnie Harrison's name. He's not getting any cut off that,
0: but you're going to use his name to try to get recruits to come to university. It's messed up, man. Yeah, well, it's messed up. I I do think I I get your point and that's been said. Who was it that? Oh, Ramsey. When Jimbo Fisher left. Okay. Right? To go to Texas A&M. I, yeah. He tried to use him in the recruiting thing on a poster and Ramsey on social media said, "Don't use me." Like, you're huh. gone. You're okay. out of here. You're loyal. I don't want you. You didn't. No credit for you. Yeah. And Ramsey basically said that. And, uh, you know, you can applaud an athlete for doing that. Feels like a, it's a break in loyalty. And there is a bigger there's a there's an elephant in the room here about Ronnie Harrison's response, in my opinion, that isn't being discussed again at the forefront. You agree with Ronnie Harrison. I don't necessarily disagree with Saban. I disagree with the fact that he brought Ronnie Harrison's name into it. And I really – I don't think it was a great example. I think if he just stuck with the fifth, sixth, seventh-round guys and undrafted free agents, I think his point is right on the money about it. But when Ronnie Harrison says, makes me think you really care about the success of the kid or how well your program performs, and he says, hashtag keep my name out your mouth, hashtag (laughs) Bamba, hashtag Saban – You almost wonder, it's like, okay, was there more stuff going on there? You know, what else goes on that he saw that nobody else sees? And we don't know that. Like, it's almost like he opened up something like, okay, well, what else? Why why would you come back this strong on Mm saving? Did you guys just have a little riff? Was there stuff that you didn't like that you saw, the way they treated you? And that we won't know and, and maybe someday will come out if anything comes out. I'm, I might just be reading into it too much. It's a very interesting well, story. Maybe
2: even Saban too saw something in Ronnie where he he wasn't ready. But at the end of the day, and listen, I don't know, Ronnie Harrison never met the guy. But from what I've seen on film, I'd be excited to have him on my team. By
0: the way, I, I thought he was ready. Now, again, yeah. dollars. Did he cost himself some dollars potentially? I don't. I, yeah, I guess you could say Yes but it sure as hell looked like he was ready to play in the NFL last year when I saw him play. Yeah. Before we get to a break, let's welcome in Gary on the show. He wants to talk Saban a little bit. What's up, man? Good afternoon, guys.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with Ronnie Harrison. Uh, being a Dolphin fan, hip, that big <laughs> hypocrite saving the way he left the Dolphins. I knew where you <laughs> were coming from. <laughs> he, he should talk about loyalty. Uh, yeah. Lying through lying <laughs> through his teeth on oh, the Dolphins, Coach, I'll never be the Alabama coach. You big, fat liar. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick J- Justin Thomas this week, guys, and uh, Brent Austin. Any chance you can effort uh, a pass Masters champion, Jack Nichols, Tom Watson,
1: or Gary Player when you're in Augusta? Thanks, guys.
0: All right. Thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate it, Gary. Uh, I knew where he was going oh, after yeah. the Miami uh, uh, experiment. Fiasco. You know, it, it does bring up bigger – the loyalty part is interesting, and it just always feels – and I bring this up all the time on the show. College basketball, college football, they're all – I I don't – it's not that I don't believe that college football coaches and college care, basketball players care about their players and care about developing young men and care – I just think that's like a sub-level of care. First is their ego and their legacy and their wins, which equate to dollars and everything else. Um, And again, that's my overall thought. On this instance... I just wish he didn't bring Ronnie Harrison. Well, i kind of glad he did because now we can talk about it. But <laughs> I mean, he just shouldn't have done that. Have I mean, for a guy that, that's supposed to do a lot of right things, for a guy who's saying the kids don't make right choices, he made a really poor choice bringing Ronnie Harrison's name into the fold there. Yes. That was a bad call by Nick Saban. He yeah. shouldn't have done that.
2: Well, you made a mistake by bringing his name up, and you made an even bigger mistake by not backing him up, by, by not saying that he's ready, by not encouraging him.
0: Yeah. I don't think you, this story is
2: going you anywhere. You brought him down. You're a head coach of the football team. You brought your player down. What's up with that?
0: We're not going anywhere either. One more segment to go on ESPN 690. Who's going to win the national title in college hoops? I'll tell you. Next. Oh, what a weekend. That's why we love doing what we do here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The Magic make the playoffs. Now they jockey for seeding. And if they get the sixth seed and play the Sixers, we could be headed to Orlando for coups. Going to see a playoff game, which we should take the show on the road down to O town.
2: I'm a little disappointed at the fact that it could pan out where the Magic play the one seed in the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to bring up their name, but um,
0: oh, we're not planning a trip for that. Yeah,
2: we're not planning a trip. for That's that, That's a though. really good point. It's it's not good though, man. It's, no, like, I, it's not like I was talking about that team for I don't know every day for You're the not past two To months. mention them today, you know, I'm not, not mentioning them. I'm not going to mention yeah, them. Yeah, me though.
1: Do I still get an invite if it's not the Sixers? Uh,
0: yeah, we'll see. I thought we were doing you a favor with the Sixers. <laughs> I'm not really sure I want to go out of my way.
2: I, I, I just, I'm praying. I'm praying to the basketball gods that the Sixers play that team from up north and me and you can go back and forth. Man. I think, are, uh, that I would think be they're good. on opposite, we, that would, that they're would be on opposite ends of the
1: bracket. you would have to get to the finals. Are we going to fill out an NBA bracket? Are you serious? I fill one out every year. I'm all set. Of course you do. I'm good. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm good. It's perfect timing, right? When one bracket ends, you Did make another one. you ever pick one. an upset? Yeah, I do from time to time. I think last year I had the Pacers who were an upset in one of the rounds, if I remember correct. Well, somebody was because Toronto lost again. Yep. Oh, I didn't pick that one though, which I should who have at this point. Who beat Toronto play. last year? Who beat Toronto last year? That's a good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. I maybe it was the Pacers or Washington. Was it the Wizards? Celtics? Who
0: did the Celtics play? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and to be honest with you, me, can, I don't really care. You can hear more about
2: that on the Driving Disc podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very
0: good. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, we had WrestleMania. And we had uh, some NFL conversation, debate, controversy, if you will. We got the Final Four controversy, and Major League Baseball benches clearing brawl. Oh, not brawl. <laughs> yeah. You know, you like to call it the benches clearing brawl in baseball, but it's never. A, it's hardly a brawl. See, to me,
2: it was the it was the Pirates and the Reds, correct? Yeah. It was so funny because the, the uniforms that the Pirates were wearing, I those it. throwback ones, like, I, like, I couldn't take anybody seriously in those uniforms. I'm the sorry. Cats
1: were a seven seed last year? Yeah, with LeBron.
0: I know they had LeBron. I'm just saying yeah. that's why they were seven seed? Well, Kevin Love was out for a while. Wow. There were some struggles. I didn't realize they were that deep. I thought they were like four or five seed last year. Uh yeah, didn't it look like they should put like, put, like, a big hot dog in the middle of that brawl? <laughs> yeah, man. It was it <laughs> was ketchup ridiculous. and mustard like, with those
2: uniforms. If I was on the Reds and some guy from the Pirates came up to me wearing that, I, I just, I, I would laugh. I, I couldn't fight. I'm Did sorry. you see the
0: picture of Yasiel Puig, though, oh, at home yeah. plate? I, I mean, mean, do you
2: drug test him immediately after that <laughs> scuffle? Because he was, dude, he was ticked. <laughs> he was hot. He was pretty hot there, yeah. It's
0: funny how a baseball melee happens. Everything's, like, first there's a stare down. Yep. There's a slow walk to first. This one actually exacerbated a bit by the fact – this is what happens now, but the umpire comes out and warns everybody. So that slows everything up and has the opportunity to build some tension, have some words, and so that's what happens. And then it's kind of a slow, okay, uh, you know, you chest up to somebody very few of these take swings but along the way somebody gets a little brave from the back row and says something that somebody else doesn't like and then Yasi El goes nuts i mean that's kind of how they happen yeah uh, unless it's just a a real brawl which is very few and far between yeah. in major league baseball major league baseball bench clearers are, are really about as overrated as you can get um, because there's very little that comes out of it. You love the idea, like the, the It's like, oh, this is on, yeah. And then nothing really happens. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather take
2: basketball or football for sure. Especially basketball, man. Those guys, if there's gonna be like a, a bench-clearing brawl, someone's getting punched in the face.
0: Yes, the punches will fly. Yeah, doesn't um, matter. But the thing about baseball is those things really, I think, they they um they will help a team. Little little, get together, chemistry, chemistry. all that stuff. Yeah, it really helps, especially early in the season. I can see that. Yeah, no, I, I think those moments. I mean, I think in sports, those kind of moments kind of make you bow up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's against your own coach. (laughs) Yeah,
2: well, and and listen, and and, and I was making fun of Puig a little bit, but. I think it was cool what he did because, I mean, he was the most adamant about getting in a fight. And I think after the game, he was adamant about saying he was trying to defend his teammate. Oh, and that's what you they know? all and do. And especially, well, I'm saying being a new guy from L.A., first year yeah, on the yeah, team, yeah. I mean, it's young, it's fresh in the season and everything. Uh, smart move on his part by trying to you know gain some of the, I guess, his teammates' trust. It's
0: almost predictable now, though. In baseball, I think you see those things, whether it's a new pitcher or a new manager, always protecting their player for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I got you back. I'm your guy. I'm here for you, and it's. I see. I like that part of baseball. I think I don't endorse fighting in baseball, but I think occasionally a base brawl is good. I think it's good for teams. I think it's good for the game. And and again, we can talk about whether he should have thrown behind his back, whether he should stare down. But are you the same people questioning that? That ask for entertainment in baseball more? You say it's boring. Well, I can tell you when forty guys come off a bench and meet at home plate and looking like they're going to fight. It has a Royal Rumble kind of feel to it, and it's entertaining. Yep. (laughs) No, for sure. I think you find that. Okay, we've got to get to the NCAA tournament. Who wins? Championship game. Virginia,
2: Texas Tech. I've been picking against Texas Tech the whole tournament. I thought Cassius, uh, the point guard from Michigan State, would expose that defense didn't happen. I can't pick against them anymore. I hope I don't jinx them. Texas Tech, I'm
0: taking you. Red Raiders, let's roll. Tony Bennett's one of the best coaches in America. I'm going to stick with him here. I think he outcoaches Texas Tech tonight, and uh, they get it done. Virginia will win the national title. It's on CBS 47 tonight. Stay up late, will you, Coos? One shining moment. you got to stay oh, up man. for that.
1: Stay up for us I on TV. Kid, Fox on. 30
0: and CBS 47. I'll see you on TV tonight.